Welcome, adventurers. You are listening to the Quest and Chaos Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash questsandchaos. Your support allows us to continue making this content. We're also trying to reach 10,000 subscribers over on our YouTube channel, where you can actually see us play all of these RPG shows. Plus, you get some great board game content that isn't available on podcast. Now, on with the show. Welcome to a special episode of Chaos Agents, where Tom Ogus takes the Chaos Agents through a homebrew Call of Cthulhu campaign on the colony ship Ark 105. Nothing can possibly go wrong in space, right? Come join us as we answer that question. Evening, everybody. We are starting about a half an hour early this evening, so we're going to kind of do a slow start. This is the Chaos Agents. My name is Thomas. I will be your GM or GM or keeper. I'll be keeper. Keeper this evening. That's the role I like to call it. Uh, as you probably know, um, the original, the, uh, the the normal, the standard, the founder, the DM, Thomas of this show. I got a haircut over the weekend, and so as the new Thomas, I had to do the same. So I hope I, I'm living up to his, uh, his guidance. I thought you were going to say that's why he's not on tonight and you are because of this haircut. It could be. Maybe yeah, that's the reason he's hiding out. Unfortunately, I, I took my cues from Thomas. And so he got his haircut. I got my haircut. That's, that's where things go when I'm, I'm sitting in this chair. I'm the first gonna... 30 seconds to a minute of this could be the identical normal programming for Tuesday night. Hi, we're the Chaos Agents. Uh, this is the cast and I'm Thomas. Right, everything up to there, identical. Boom. We got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm working on it, doing my best to kind of, you know, fill these shoes, take this role, and at some point you will forget the other Thomas, and I will just be this Thomas, and we will be in space forever. You know. Sacrilege. So tonight, instead of playing D and D, which this is a D and D show, so I, I don't want to. We're not changing the format. We're just taking a small break from the usual format to play a game called Call of Cthulhu. Um, it's essentially a, a mystery horror role-playing game. I like it uh, because it's it's got a lot of the mystery aspect is why I enjoy the most about Call of Cthulhu. Something happened. There's a story that our players must uncover, and usually uncovering it spells their doom. But we'll get to that. Maybe by the third episode, maybe tonight. Who knows how things will go. Um, last week when we started our show, we essentially have four characters. We introduced our four characters to you and set the whole story up and got the story in motion. Um, at the point where we broke the story, um, well, they're on the ship. They're on a ship called Ark 105. And what we have is essentially three colonists and a member of the crew as, uh, as our, our player characters for this story. Um, our colonists were awoken first, uh, rather unexpectedly, not with protocol. They never should have been woken up, but they were. They discovered that a member of the crew was asleep in one in her pod, which they call tombs, uh, colloquially in this story. And they they brought her up. Um, she something happened to them. Cass Vega, of course. Uh, I'm gonna do my best to remember that the Cass Vega is, is they them. So Cass, uh, something happened to them, uh, and Cass does not know, has no awareness of it. But Cass is injured, and the ship is gravely injured. There's a lot of problems with the ship. Our crew is going to try, our new crew, 
is going to try to solve those problems, fix this ship, save the ship, and uh, hopefully save their own lives. And all the other sleeping colonists who are depending upon them, whether they know it or not. At the moment, our story uh, ended or uh, concluded, well, we had a little cliffhanger where they had uh, finally worked their way into the engineering bay. Uh, Cass had discovered that the source of a, a rampant, um, uh, insane growth of, of plant life and vines and other, and mostly vines all over the place, and was emanating from one location inside the engineering bay, which was a severed human arm. Um, they've also discovered interesting things about the plants themselves, but we will learn more about that in a bit. But before we get into our story, we've got a little bit of our, um, our pre-story business to take care of. So uh, first of all, we, uh, there's a, a script I got to follow and I'm doing a terrible job. <laughs> I, 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 it's always important that we remember that we are, we have some sponsors on this channel, which is always great. We definitely, definitely love our sponsors. Um, one Nord Games is one of our sponsors and, um, and the, the crew can tell you more about that, but essentially you can use a special discount code on their website, which I think is what, um, hashtag chaos, someone fill me in on that. Uh, so if you go to nordgamesllc.com forward slash three dot HTML, or you shop anything on Nord Games and you use the code chaotic 20, uh, you get 20% off any regularly priced items in the shop. They make amazing stuff, including this Nord Games luck deck, which we use um, in normal D&D circumstances. And they also just came out with a few book releases, uh, one of which uh, is titled Spectacular Settlements, which one of the cast members here might have some more to say about that stuff. Q, come uh, on. I guess that would be me. Yeah, roll in, bro. <laughs> uh, Spectacular Settlements, which is a, a great book uh, and a guide for you to create any kind of town, city. Do you need a, a keep? Do you need uh, any kind of thing like that in Dungeons & Dragons? They have some pre-made ones, which you might see some in there made by members of Quest and Chaos here. Uh, I got to put in one from Natural One. Hey, there we go. Yeah, yeah, it's Uslium's uh, in there, but uh, they also allow you to roll something up, or um, if you wanted to, just use it as a guide to build your own. So it's uh, it's a great tool. The art is fantastic. Uh, definitely recommend you check it out. Excellent. One of our other sponsors is, of course, Gordon Biersch. They give the channel free beer. Um, they don't actually send to our houses, unfortunately. We are all <laughs> home. And we are all been remote um, since the beginning of sometime last year. None of us remember when this started, we're, but we're all remote. So um, we're having to buy our own beer. That's that's the, the, the bad news. But somewhere at the station, uh, Thomas and Amy are living it up with all the Gordon beers that they can possibly drink. And maybe one day there'll be some left over when we return to the studio to enjoy in studio. And when we continue broadcasting from the brand new and improved Quest and Chaos Studios. So thanks to Gordon Beers for giving Thomas and Amy lots of beer. And maybe the rest of us at some point will enjoy that too. But it's great. We love their product, of course. No question. Uh, also, Birds of Paradise, of course, is a, has been providing us with free dice. And also, we're, we, we tend to buy a lot of dice from them anyway. Uh, we, we like their stuff. So different members of the group are using their, their dice. Um, we all love it. And... Um, if something wonderful happens, we, we credit their dice. And if not, we just ignore that and we keep going. Uh, any other sponsors that I have neglected? All right, uh, moving forward for that, our schedule. We always like to talk about the schedule at the beginning. 
and the end of the program. So this is Tuesday. Tonight is Chaos Agents with, with um, myself, Thomas, your keeper. We're running Call of Cthulhu like, like we do every other Tuesday since uh, last week. Uh, next week, we will be back on Monday doing uh, Ralph and Morty versus D&D. <laughs> and Aaron is running. So Aaron, any, any thoughts? Is that story wrapping up or are you guys just writing them thick of it? Uh, they're right at the climactic bit, you know, they're going to get to the moment where I made Thomas buy me a song so I could use it. And, uh, they're almost at that and it's going to be pretty exciting. And that's as much thought of that as I've put into it. You license a song just for the, just for the D and D game. Thomas licensed a song for the D and D. Is it dramatic? Yeah, no, it's it's very uh, it's 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 a lullaby. What? You, yes, you're gonna be fighting something. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I, I so I'm thinking like, is it like monologue that requires cool and sinister overtones, or is it like dungeon crawl music? I, I don't, don't know. Real emotion. Man, you're gonna find out next week. Yeah, seriously, stop, stop, stop trying to get them to spoil it. Gods. I hear elevator music. I think that'd be worth our our licensing fee. I think so. Oh, I, Human you know, I, music. I, I told you that in confidence, Thomas. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So that's Monday's show. It's Rick and Morty versus D&D. Uh, next Tuesday will be Chaos Agents. The four people around me will definitely be here. It could be myself. It could be Thomas. We don't know. It's a surprise. We will find out which Thomas is in this seat on Tuesday of next week. Every Saturday, uh, we're doing what the studio likes to call real Cthulhu. Ezra <laughs> would call it that, but that's what the studio prefers. Sorry, sorry what do you mean the studio do, do you um, mean like Ezra? He means Ezra calls okay. it real D and okay. real called Cthulhu. It's a small studio. Yeah, the, it's a very small staff. So they refer to the Mask of Nyarlathotep game as real Cthulhu. Um, Ezra just refers to it as I don't know his own version of Cthulhu. We've been doing that story now. Um, Tiana, I think we're episode what like 127 or something. Feels like it sometimes, but I think we just did episode 49. So the next one will be episode 50. And I think that the, the crew at this point has like a capped one of the five different potential problems. So it's going to be going for quite a while. Um, we'll see. But that's what's happening Saturday. It's a great show. We all love doing it. Um, sometimes we get scared most of the time. It's hilarious, hysterical, and exciting and crazy and whatnot. So Saturdays are fun. Um, and of course, there's one other announcement, uh, which was actually announced last night uh, during Aaron's show, is that the next mitten. Questing and uh, Chaos loves to do these mittens, these D&D battle shows with a, a theme. And uh, the next one will be run uh, by Ezra Denny, who hates Dungeons and Dragons, refuses to run Dungeons and Dragons, and somehow, somehow got convinced to do this because it's going to be a mitten and the contestants, the players, will all be bards. It's an entire <laughs> mitten. So I, it, I, I think the conceit of, of it being a battle of the bards and him being able to make a million music puns, I think that's what talked him into it. I'm sure he's regretting it ever since, but he has agreed to do it. And that means everyone needs to make sure that we, uh, you, you could go on our Discord channel, uh, go into the, we have a special Mitten sub channel on Discord where our, our members get to basically volunteer to make characters. And I believe we have uh, five are chosen, is that right? I believe it's five, yeah. So at random, five members will be chosen to make bardic characters that members of the our, our cast will have to play. And, and they will have a great time. It will be happening sometime in August, usually on a Monday. Um, 
So whenever uh, Aaron finishes with that dramatic music uh, and the story wraps up, maybe at some point on Monday, we'll announce the actual date for that mint. So that's the announcements, that's the sponsorship. Uh, before we grow back into our story, uh, it's, it, it's behooves me to explain to our, our D&D loving audience, um, this is a D&D show, so of course, uh, Call of Cthulhu, different game system. Uh, what you need to know for our system is basically this. Uh, it's a D100 or percentile system. So everything that the characters do from their attributes to their skills are measured from basically a one to 100. That's the scale. And uh, essentially the better someone is, the higher the number of their skill. And when we roll our skill checks, I'll ask somebody to like roll their dodge, right? And their dodge might be a 40. And if they happen to roll 40 or less, rolling under their dodge, they're successful. And we have a breakdown as well of, of, of half the dodge and a fifth the dodge for even better successes. We'll get to that if we have to. Um, we have fumbles, just like you do in D&D. And in D&D, because your fumble is a 5% chance, you know, there's one number on a 20-sided that's a fumble. We have 5% chance here as well, which are the five top numbers on the D100. They're 96, 7, 8, 9, and 100. Those five numbers, 5% chance. Same odds as in D&D, 1 in 20 of having a fumble. And when a fumble happens, when bad things happen narratively, we have fun with it. So um, we also allow for inspiration. And I know you guys have probably given us tons of inspiration. And it's in a moment, somebody from the cast will update us on that. But we will use inspiration in this game only for rerolls. So we can't use it to add numbers to our, our D20. It's just for a, a one single reroll, um, which could be better, could be worse. Uh, we, have, we have terms for that in our, our Saturday game for when you roll worse than you did after using inspiration. And maybe we'll get to that later on. But um, also, um, even if the reroll is unsuccessful, as long as it's not a fumble, we have an extra mechanic in this game, which all the characters have a luck attribute. They all have a number of there's their, their luck from zero to 100, or from one to 100. Um, if it turns out you need to have a cup, let's say your skill is a 60, you roll a 65, but you really want to succeed, the difference is five. You can spend your luck, five points of luck, to lower your roll down to what you would need it to be. The luck is gone permanently, but in, in a pinch, in a survival game like this, it makes a lot of sense for our characters down the road as the story gets a little more dangerous. Spend your luck so you can avoid terrible consequences. So I expect that that may happen if inspirations are unsuccessful in saving them. One more thing. All the characters in this game have a rating called sanity, uh, which is just a measure of how sane they are. Um, in game terms, if they ever run out of sanity, they become insane, they lose control of the character. That probably won't happen. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, but as the characters lose sanity, um, bad things happen to them. They get, get temporary insanities. Um, and a problem with sanity, of course, is as you lose it, your skill decreases, which makes it easier and easier to fail. And you start failing more and more and more as your sanity gets lower. So uh, in the beginning, the characters will, will be pretty sane. But at some point, as the, the story wears on them, the characters will start to lose it. And we'll see if that mechanically happens. Probably not. It's an option that's available to us. All right, so I think I've covered all the essential rules for a game of Call of Cthulhu. Um, before we get into the story, let's cover inspiration. How are we doing with inspiration? Uh -huh. 
you're looking pretty good. We got 15,000, uh, 1,500 bits from Squeal the Bard to Thomas, either one, to break <sighs> the players. So. I mean, yeah. he, he, he did help Tom uh, workshop all of this, so I can see him wanting Tom to, you know, break us on the rocks. All right. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> and that's so it. If he so helped far- him workshop it. Why wouldn't he help us? I'm mean, right? just saying. Sounds like he already helped Tom. I think he wants his particular small piece of the horror to be revealed. And so he's going to make sure that happens. Just a thought. You guys have any inspiration? Have, have, has our audience um, been helpful? Generous. Do, do we still have the four from last week? We, we, we should have four from last week because that, that usually carries over. We didn't spend all of it last week. So we'll oh. put that down. It carries over. We're starting with a base of four. Uh, any other new updates on inspiration? No, not right now. Oh, wait, no, yes, the Hefner just gave a thousand to the DM and then a thousand to the players. Yay, Hef. Thanks, Hef. Thank you, buddy. All right, so I've got five. The players have six, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Keeping checks. And as as we get more, feel free to just, you know, interrupt and let me know because you guys might be needed. So, um... Rolling us back into our story, picking up where we left off last time, our, our, our four characters are inside the ship, Arc 105. It's somewhere in the universe. We don't know where they are. We don't know how fast they're traveling, direction. All we know is there's a lot of problems with this ship. Now, they're presently in what's known as the Habitation Ring, which is an area of the ship which is reserved for the crew to use in the event that they actually need some workspace or whatnot. Um, they have a they discover the engineering bay and all the immense, strange plant life spewing out from the engineering bay. Um, inside the engineering bay, one of our characters, Cass Vega, has, has landed from the vent, uh, the, basically the life, uh, the ventilation shaft, and dropped down onto one of the workshop tables to land next to a severed human arm, which is the origin of all the plant life that they discovered. The room otherwise is dark. Uh, Cass Vega has a single pen light um, from a doctor's kit belonging to, to our doctor, uh, Dr. Stanley Torrance. Um, Dr. Torrance and John Ralph Macchio are in the room adjacent to this room. It is also dark. Both rooms, the power was inexplicably knocked out as they were trying to do something clever and uh, flip the wrong circuit. So they're in the dark. Cass is mostly in the dark. And in another room over, uh, Chess. So Chess Lorimer um, is bending down and the, the plant life in this room has been creeping out of the two dark rooms, moving towards the light in his room. And Chess is, has crouched a bit and is starting to examine one of the vines as it, it kind of snakes across the floor and bends up, uh, pointing towards the light. So the, as we open our scene, I want to start with Chess. Yeah. So, so Chess, you see those vines kind of at your feet, rising up towards the light source, they kind of move and, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, kind of a little snake-like, but it's a slow slithering um, motion. And it seems like the leaves and the petals are really directing themselves up towards the LED lights in the ceiling. As you bend down, um, I believe you were touching one when we took a break last time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was touching one gently to see if it was going to concentrate or have any reaction to him and his presence but uh it seemed to really only care about the light and reaching the light 
um he was on edge to see if like it would lash out and try to grab him or something and then i thought i had relayed that to them like vote verbally hey, chess will probably tell that to me immediately but at, at the yeah. same moment as he's very carefully our, our xenobiologist of the group examining um the, this unusual plant life uh we're going to cut back to the room in the room um Cass, there is light emanating from the room two over where Chess is crouching down. And you have, of course, that Dr. Penlight. And you're standing right on a workshop table. Um, on the table, uh, there's a severed human arm, what's left of it, which seems to be emanating all these, these vines and branches and, and leaves and what are all coming from this. And you're standing on a mess of those vines. You can feel them moving and shifting and gliding beneath you. Uh, your feet, you feel almost like you're slowly being like they're moving around the bottom of your feet as you stand there on this table. Uh, the side of your boots, you can feel some motion on the side. Uh, and you, you're looking at that arm. You had a memory last time of where you've seen that arm before. Yeah, and, and, I, and I imagine I let out a noise that I will not replicate for the sake of headphone users. So the others do hear uh, Cass's, uh, it'll be a scream of, how would you describe that response, Cass? Sorry, there's a siren close to me, but so, so, something along the lines of, like of not a, not a siren noise. I'm not siren head, thank you. Um, definitely like a yelp or a, sh a, 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 a very short, sharp shriek. And the rest of the three, you do hear that. Uh, so John Raphael Macchio and Dr. Stanley Torrance, you hear that sound, but also you can sort of hear and sense that the the vines beside you are moving and shifting and sliding in the direction of the light where Chess is kneeling down. Hey, did you hear that? <laughs> Are you mocking me? Because I see that you're wearing my name tag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, on, on Twitch. Our names are switched for some reason. Oh, no. <laughs> and we can't get Thomas back to fix it for another hour or so. So yeah. <laughs> is that, can, can I say this? We woke up in each other's suits, but like they just put us in the wrong suits and we were, we, we were too polite to really bother about it. <laughs> no, we're all wearing the same uniform. I'm, then I stole his name tag. I, mean, I, ain't, I ain't a doctor nor a Torrance. <laughs> Will you give that back to me, please? Thank you. I wish I could, but unfortunately, this is going to stay on me as long as that name tag is going to stay on you. So we'll switch it. Maybe, I don't know, if we ever take a 15-minute bathroom break or something. Yeah, maybe in an hour or so, we'll find a chance to switch those around. All right, we, need uh, to check. we need to check on Cass. Cass, you, there is movement beneath your feet. Um, and, and starting, you're starting to feel your feet being gripped. Um, like you're sinking into something. But you know that's not correct. Uh, if you in the light from the pen light, um, you can see there the the vines or the plant life you're standing on are moving, sort of um, just the undulation, the slight shifting about beneath your feet. Uh, at this point, I'm assuming Cass has not moved. Is that correct? No, they're 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 still standing still. Um... Do I think, like, if I shine my pen light down at them, like, shaking and trying to recollect myself, does it look like they're trying to, like, grab me, or are they shifting and I'm sinking down? Uh, it seems like they're moving around Cass's boots. 
um, you're not seeing a, a wraparound. That's not what you're seeing, but more like you're, you're sinking for lack of a better word, or the vines beneath you are moving away from your feet and moving up to the tops of your boots now. Okay, well, I am here for a purpose. And after dealing with the uh, slight loss of sanity that I, that I had at the very end there from memories and everything, I'm gonna look around with the light and try to locate what I came in here to grab. All right, um, give me a spot hidden roll. And let's see what we get. Sixteen is a hard success. Good. All right. So Cass is familiar with with the uh, the layout right next to this uh, this workbench that Cass is standing on, which would be a, a cabinet maybe over to the left, is where the label. Uh, essentially with the whole repair equipment. Uh, there's a label on the side of that cabinet there. Um, Cass reaches out. How do you want to move at this point, Cass? What kind of motions are we making? Uh, I'm making little hops to try and like get across the tops of these plants without staying in one spot for too long um, to try to get to that cabinet, grab what I need and basically like chuck it out the door. Give me a dex rule, Cass. Uh, 37 is a hard success. Okay. Um, with a quick and nimble hop, uh, Cass is able to pull themselves um, out of this mass of vines over to the edge of the work table in a single jump. Uh, once again, upon landing, Cass, uh, you can feel that the plant life beneath you just kind of squishes as you land into it and moves and almost slithers away from your boot. And before it can really wrap around, uh, Cass is able to grab that, open up that cabinet. All right. Inside, um, there is one whole repair kit where it looks like there should be four. There's one remaining. I'm going to stare at that for a moment and like remember the, the, me like, the memory uh, is like touches that touches the front of my brain for a second. For like, nope, 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 nope. Grab that kit and just like haul ass toward the door. Give me a sanity roll, Cass. Forty-six made it. Right. Yeah. Um, perhaps the darkness creeps in, but Cass is able to focus on the mission. Um, there's no sanity loss at this point. Um, no other thoughts other than the fact that you, Cass wonders um, where those other three kits might be. But they have you've got you've got one. It comes with, of course, the you know the the repair device, a sealer, and the material used to seal. Um, this is going to be from your training experience for sealing smaller impacts. Anything larger, you're going to, have to need to machine shop. You're going to get, have to get metal pieces. You've got the equipment here, but that's a different job, you know. But this is going to be great for, for smaller impacts, smaller holes, or quick repair as the purpose of this particular uh, tool. Um, Cass, give me a luck roll at this point. A 70, right on the nose. Okay. Um, Cass continues to feel the vines moving beneath their feet, the boots, uh, but at this point, Cass is not entangled, just kind of just sinking a bit into the plant life. What's your next move, Cass? Now that I have the whole repair kit in, in hand, I'm going to turn toward it, toward the light and just like hop my way toward it, toward the door. Um, and basically it'd be like, I'm on my way out. Clear the path, please. Uh, it, it's going to be several hops to get to that door. So the first for the first jump, give me a dex roll. Ought six, sir. 
Excellent. I'm not going to make you uh, continue for that. That's going to be a, an extreme success, I believe, with, with Cass's decks, right? Yeah, I, I have a dex of 80, so that's an extreme success. Uh, Cass, very nimbly, uh, jumps down, light on their feet, makes a quick pirouette move, spins, jumps again, jumps again, following up with the original maybe the triple jump format sort of thing, and is immediately right beside John Ralph Macchio and Dr. Stanley Torrance in the next room. Um, the three of you have getting, gotten used to the lack of light here. There's enough light coming from Chess's room, so you can see a cast, you know, making it out. Um, there's still a lot of vines on the floor here, but there are spaces where the three of you can walk if you wanted to, to get around those vines. Uh, what do the three of you do? Yeah, as, uh, as, 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 soon, as soon as I'm clear of the door, I'm stepping onto the floor itself and getting away from the vines as far as I can. I'm just going to say, are you okay? What, what was that? Um, well... Good news, I guess, sort of. Uh, I figured out where the vines were coming from. I figured out what they found to eat. Eat? And? Um, it was a, a person's arm. I can't hear any of this, right? You probably could, Chess. It really has nothing else. Vines Vines eat light. That's what they eat. Oh, Not... this, this one, these ones are using, are using human arm as a soil fertilizer. Food? I don't know. Oh my god. This is little Shapa Horus. Okay. All right. We got to be on our toes on this one. All right. That's all I know. It ain't going to be pretty. I have no doubt that is all you know. All right. Let's move towards Cass. Chess, even. If you... I was going to say, I'm right here. <laughs> so, you... Sorry. Still getting used to everyone's names. Come outside. Apparently, He's kind uh, of. John Ralphio Macchio. So. Kneel down a little bit, jotting into the uh, notebook that he has, into the journal he has two feet diameter, focused on light, uh, moving at a tremendous growth rate. And, you know, he's kind of taking notes in the journal. You might and not want to get too close to those, just saying. He looks up. We're moving towards his room now. Right. The, three, the three of you basically exit this room easily out to where Chess is kneeling down. I, the vines. I was mistaken but I, I, I was in my own thoughts. What is it rooted on? Uh, a human arm. Did you see that right? I'll never unsee it as long as I live. I have a long netties. I mean, well, let's make sure that it's as long as it can be. Now, first question, other than that, we'll get to that. No, number one, John, are you actually an engineer? Did you, uh, did you yeah. just pull those those wires out of the wall and put both of those rooms off? Is that the where the light went? Hold that thought. You just, you just grabbed in and ripped wires out. Did I do that? I, that is what you did. <laughs> I I have a terrible memory, but I think that's maybe like the space sickness. You know what I mean? Just kind of like uh, my airborne, but like spaceborne. Uh, I, my stomach's a little upset. My mind's going a little wonky from uh, how God knows how long we've been asleep. I, I, all I'm saying is, I apologize for that. But guess what? I can fix it better than anyone else in this room. Cass just raises an eyebrow, like, uh huh. Is there any reason for us to stay in this room? We have what we need, right, Cass? Well. Sort of. Um, so there was only one hole repair kit in in the in the um, cabinet. Sorry, words are a little difficult at the moment. Um, 
there was only one repair kit in the cabinet. There should have been four, and I don't know where the other three went. Um, but these were really only made for, for repairing small holes. If it's a bigger hole that we're dealing with, I'm going to need bigger sheets of metal and the, the, the machinist shop to try and fix this. Uh, we should have the materials there, but until well, I get a look at it, I don't really know. We already know that likely somebody went to go take care of this. There is one suit missing, right? One of the uh, space th suits. There's three suits missing, aren't there? Oh, there's only one. Okay. Wait a second. Um, are you able to discern whose hand that was? And do it, do it, am, am I, am I allowing myself to remember, I think is the, the question on that one. That's good. Does Cass want to think about that or not? It's up to you. Up to you. Cass lets out this high pitched little whine in the back of their throat and just like, maybe, but I really, really didn't, don't want to think about that. Didn't you say whose it was and that she recognized whose arm it was last week? Yeah, but, 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 but whether or not I'm choosing to remember that right now is a different issue. That, Greece, you know? that 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 information might be useful in determining somebody's proficiency in whatever it is they attempted to do and it'll it will help us get to the bottom of what's going on here and how they wound up with that arm alternatively uh, i may have a yes fine it was my boss it was the head engineer who was who was supposed to be the other one woken up it's her arm and i don't know what it's doing there Cass, roll sanity for me. Now um, we're learning something. Now we have that. 49 made it. Okay. Yes, okay. you're fine. You're fine so far. You don't know how it ended up there, is what you're saying. You, you don't know. I have... No, not really. I don't, I don't think so. Give me another sanity roll there. God damn it! <laughs> Well, it's not good enough for just remembering the whole thing. <laughs> we can. Ought five, motherfucker. Ought five. Uh, he doesn't remember. Yep. We can at least, based on what I've seen, manipulate these objects, this, this biologic here, um, with our engineering friend. Uh, maybe shut out some of the lights, get them to walk through a corridor or through certain spaces. He is very good at shutting them out. Yeah, do I can we, get a job done. Hold on. Do we really want them to leave this space? Wouldn't it be better for us to contain them in one spot? Uh, maybe maybe close off some of these doors. Close off the doors and only illuminate the source room with light that they're in, and then close them in there. Okay, well, or we, we, can, we can do that. We can keep moving as well. Um, but the question is, where are we going next? Um, I really want to check out the navigation logs and figure out how long I've been under, which could give us an indicator of when your friend was woken up, how long this series of events took to transpire. But I think maybe the hull breach is probably the most pressing thing. The hull breach is, is pretty pressing, uh, yeah. um, but the, na the navigation system is still offline. And if the navigation system is offline, I can't get you those logs to tell us what we're looking for in that. So... Um, I think the whole breach is the most pressing matter at the moment to at least figure out how bad it is. 
We should get you in one of those suits then. Yeah, I think so. But it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a bit of a slog to get to where they said where the the computer system said the uh, the hole was. Sorry, I'm a little uh, disoriented at the moment. You it's look okay. a little stressed. I understand. So what's the plan? On the way to the hull and the uh, equipment to fix the hull, we should probably see if we cross anything else of note. And for that, we rely exclusively on Cass because I don't know what I'm looking at or for. So it sounds like we're we're going to be heading uh, forward further uh, with with the with the, the the repair kit to go to the spot where the system said the the hull breach was. We have to grab it, the suits first, yeah. Yeah, and I we will probably want to have all four of us in suits just to be safe uh, as we get closer. Oh yeah, you've got seven suits available, so that shouldn't be a problem, and one repair kit. So which, which Cass will use. Um, and as Cass, as you're aware, of course, um, the suits can be a little bit cumbersome here in, in the spin gravity, but as soon as you guys move into the center of the ship, which is zero G, anywhere else you're working, they're just like a second skin, at least to you. You're, really, you're used to working with these things. And they're actually, here in the future, are, these suits aren't that bad. They're pretty lightweight, a thin material, double layered and whatnot. You know, it keeps out, keeps temperature in, keeps problems out, has a little... Each one has his own little, um, you know, life support system, you know, our airflow system. They've all also, they're all networked together. So you can actually talk to each other while you're in separate suits. You don't have to worry about that. You have little, little cameras, little HUDs in there. You can communicate with each other from the inside of your cameras or your helmets. So it's all, we're, all, we're future tech here. Everything is much more cozy and easy to work with. So, hey, all right. Uh, may I have my scalpel back, Cass? Oh yes, absolutely, and I'll and I'll pull that out of my pocket and hand it back to him, uh, handle first, along with the pen light. Thank you for letting me borrow those. Thank you. So, uh, for our purposes, the four of you each select a suit. Cass will, of course, get one that was assigned to them, um, and um, it takes a little bit getting used to moving in these. It's a little it's stiffer. Um, Cass shows you how to attach the helmets and detach the helmets and whatnot. Once you're in, is a quick almost like a syncing method where you link to each other's suits. You can talk to each other with your helmets on. It's, it's you got it worked out, comms are good. Um, Cass then guides you guys up and out through the, the one of the tunnels that leads toward the center of the ship. And, and once you're of course away from the spin gravity, it becomes much easier to move. Um, you're in the zero G, which is Cass's environment. Uh, the doctor is pretty good with it, but the other two, they're very careful. Uh, uh, it's, it's hard, you can't stop your momentum very easily. But you're back in the center of the ship. Um, are you wearing the helmets or not? I would, yes. I, I, I think it's wisest to go ahead and just have the whole thing on just in case we find something that got breached earlier than we anticipate. Good call. So there's no more issue, of course, with smelling anything unusual. Uh, the, the suits that you're wearing uh, has a nice, uh, has fresh air, uh, good environment inside your suits. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. Once we're here, how what what's the interface look like for us to talk to each other? Does something pop up on the screen on our HUD? Uh, what what is it? So you, you'll be able to see um, there's a, there's a kind of a camera off to, to the side of your vision, kind of up to the right. Um, then you can choose which whose camera you want to see. Only one person's vi video is pops up in your screen. And there's a little controller uh, inside your hand, which is relatively something you're used to. You know, it would. Would I be able to see if any of the other crew members or the one other crew member has their suit on? And would I be able to 
see them through that interface. You basically guys, you guys scroll through the menu options for the interface. Uh, you'll learn that there's, there's two different ways you can view the, the, the HUD. You've got one, it's only just one screen. So you can look at and you see the person's face who's wearing a helmet from your team, or you can switch to see their view. So there's a front facing camera, so you can see what they see. All so, right, well, while I'm taking a long time behind uh, John Ralphio, who's, who's uh, working on the zero G uh, very gingerly as an old man, um, I- The young hat <laughs> floats away. <laughs> Grab him. Um, <laughs> Uh, I kind of start cycling through to see if I can go to the next person, next person, next person, and see if I get the view of Andy. Uh, going through, um, give me a luck roll. There we go. Nine. Nice. Out of 80? Yeah. Well, as it happens, it appears that the suit is still broadcasting. Um, as you scroll through and see everyone else's image, you come to another image that you don't recognize. It's a shot. Uh, you see a black, um, the black background of space, um, billions of stars, um, and somewhere off, just out of view, just on the left side of the panel, there's a something there's a round object, a large round object just out of frame. The camera is not moving. It's staying stationary. Uh, you see what it looks like outer space. You're assuming it's from somewhere outside the ship. Yeah. Um, Cass? Yeah? S switch your channel, if you could. Maybe everyone wants to do this. Take a break here. Switch your channel until you can see space. Oh. Oh, no. And I'm and I'm gonna reach up and start and start flipping through, like hold 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 it onto the ladder with with, with one hand with my with my kit floating next to me and start float and start um, cycling through. And the controls are actually in your glove, so you don't have to touch your. This is just easier to visualize. How do I how do I do that? So yeah, Cass tells you guys how to how to operate the changing of the camera. It's a pretty simple function. And then Cass, you see the, you see the image. Um, Cass, give me an um, intelligence or idea roll. On what you're seeing. Intelligence, okay. Uh, 55 made it. Uh, you believe that looks like the, the giant collector off the left of the camera image. It looks like the dish of the giant collector is what appears to be viewing. Inside our HUD, can I get a proximity locator on where everyone in the room is? Do I see like uh, Dr. Torrance is standing next to me. Ralph Macchio is across from me. Um, would it show me on the HUD a blip off the side? Yeah, unfortunately, there's no kind of GPS function for this. Uh, what? Just look at their cameras. You can't <laughs> they are in 3D space. Okay. So I, I, I recognize that as being like the very front of the ship that, that we're seeing. It appears to be that giant collector on the front of the ship is what you're seeing on the, just at the edge of the frame. Cool view of space. What am I seeing? That's the magnetic collector. That's on the very front of the ship. Your crewmate is not moving. Yeah. I, I think we know why. Andy. Why were they out there, though? Probably got sucked out. Probably for the same reason I'm heading there now. There were three hull repair kits. 
Yes. Do you want to toggle the view on Andy's suit? No, but yes. So I'll flip it around. Why? (laughs) Do we know you're about to? How can you toggle the view? You can turn it around to, to look at the other person's face, or the or the uh, or, or or the view of their camera. So you have a camera pointing at your face and one oh. pointing out. So yeah, I'm going to toggle it to flip around and look at her face, and I'm going to regret this. I know it. Neat trick, and he's <laughs> <laughs> the, the interior of the camera. Um, the the helmets have a an exterior light source, of course, that illuminates in front. But on the inside, there's no reason for a, a light really. It's a, it's a dim light, mostly coming from outside sources. Uh, you see, Andy's face is in shadow. Um, it's there's no motion. Eyes look dark. Her her mouth is is open, um, and a gasping, pained expression that simply doesn't move, doesn't respond. Frozen in space. Uh, give me Sandy roll, Cass. Forty-eight made it. It's tough. Uh, you you will, however, lose one point of sanity for, for seeing your dead friend. Um, Cass, you have a memory. It, it feels to you like the, another time, maybe the last time you saw Andy. Um, uh, she's, there's a glass between the two of you, a curved shaped glass where you're laying down. Andy is over you, looking at you from the other side of the glass with a sad, pained expression before she leaves. Is there a physical pain associated with that memory? Like, like a, I'm, I'm in the tomb with the, with the wound? There is a physical pain in your body. Your memory, you remember that. You remember being in, in great pain and Andy looking at you from the other side of the glass. Andy, what did you do? I'm going to like push away from, from, from the others to the other side for a moment just to like, because I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm crying and just like not able to deal with this at the moment. I'm going to follow her. I'm going to look there and say, stay here. I'll be right back. And I'm going to jump off and follow. Okay, dad. Okay. Yeah, I'm the dumb one for going off and separating the team. <laughs> well, hopefully they come back. I, I go and I try and catch myself next to her. Here's kind of collecting your eyes in zero G, which is an unfortunate process where you have to wait and hope that when you blink them away, they float into the helmet. And the, the the lining kind of collects the the precipitation. Yeah, I'm actually gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm actually gonna pop the helmet off when I'm when I'm away from the others and just like wipe wipe at my face, try to get it off get it off my face. And Chess kind of sees the little I don't know he sees particles. He's oh that's that's cool. I uh, do I do I get up to her over there? You make it up to her. No them. them. No them. Excuse me. It's okay. Um. I, I get to them. Mm. Cass, are you all right? Not really. No, not at all, actually. Andy is floating out there. She's dead, I think. She looks like she died in horrible, 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 horrible pain. And um, I remember being in the tomb and looking up and and seeing her looking down at me and i'm pretty sure it was after i got hurt because i really hurt in that memory i'm so sorry for your loss (laughs) clearly she was close to you yes sister or close enough 
That's that's hard. It's gonna be hard to continue what we're doing here. But we will get her body back. And if you'd like, I will do it. So you don't have to see it. I have some zero G training. I can go out there and I've seen many, and I pause, many people die in my career. She wouldn't, she wouldn't want anyone to, uh, to risk their lives to get what's essentially an empty shell. So if we can, then yes, but otherwise she's with her namesake. She's out among the stars. Let's hope that none of us join her. Yeah, I'd, I'd much prefer to avoid that. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You are going to help get us through this. Without you, we cannot do this. You have us here, so whatever you need, you let us know. I will. Thank you. Um, thank you. Let's. Ah. Boss always said tears were kind of useless, but I think she'd understand. I've shed many of them. I get it. Not useless at all. It's life that's useless. And I turn and I push back after them. And I just look at him for a moment and be like, then why do we try so hard to save it? And I'm going to push back after him. Was their comms open? I, I, had, I had my helmet off. Mine was on. I didn't take it off. But I, I don't know if I was pushed to talk or if it was open. I think for the purposes of our, our story, the rest of you could have heard the conversation. So uh, when they start floating back, uh, Chess looks at Ralph and and like pretend like he didn't hear. He kind of nods his head like, "No, just no, no." It, is it a safe environment to remove the helmet right now or no? It still is. Okay, so then as you're as uh, as Chess tells me that, I'm just just gonna pop off the helmet a little bit and put a hand inside. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> I miss my daughter. I miss my daughter. All right. Okay. All right. I'm not yeah. gonna oh man. And, and and as I land back with him, I'm gonna pop the helmet back on, refasten it as as it's supposed to be. It's like, <clears throat> right. Well, we still have a little ways to go. The four of you begin your um, your, uh, for lack of a better word, ascent. Even though there really isn't an up, down, or whatnot here in zero g, you're moving in a forward direction towards the fore of the ship, down a very long circular tube. Uh, lined with pipes and conduits and other things on all four sides. Um, this is running down the entire length of the ship. This is the spine of the ship. It's massive, um, and it's easy, to, it's easy to navigate. There's only two ways to go, forward and back. As you do float forward and cast bounces kind of from side to side and diagonals traveling, there's handholds along the sides if you need them. And of course, a couple of you probably do. You'll pass different aspects of the ship going by, just doorways. Um, other portions. Um, essentially, you would, the, the habitation ring is where you were. 
you'll pass another area where there's essentially three tunnels leading to one of the other colony rings. And you'll notice, of course, those tunnels shift and turn as the rings circle and orbit, you know, keeping the spin gravity going. The three entrances turn um, beside you. Uh, moving forward a little bit more, there's another opening which appears to be off to your left. Maybe it's the front, who knows? It's hard to navigate and orient yourself. Um, Cast notes that this is a, one of the airlocks. This is the four airlock, if you go here. If you need to exit the ship, this will lead out of the ship. Uh, but they, uh, of course, you're heading to the front. You keep going further and further, and eventually the, the front narrows, um, as far as you're concerned. Actually, the large collectors and pipes here are very thick, making the space much appear to be much smaller. And there is a circular door that leads to the front of the ship. Um, there is several red lights flashing on this door. Um, McCass indicates as a warning, you remember from training, this means essentially there's a problem with the atmosphere behind this door. All right, I'm going to take a moment to check all of their helmets and make sure they're properly attached, um, just as like a, a last check before, before saying, okay, uh, the atmosphere on the other side of that door is probably wrong somehow. Um, I, I hesitate to I hesitate to put a, I hesitate to guess what, what the atmosphere is like over there since so far everything has been just weird. Um, but yes, we we should be, and I'm, I'm gonna ch check uh, Dr. Torrance's helmet last and like pat, and pat it gently on the side. We should be good. Um, Chess is kind of holding on to something bracing for like suction as the door opens, but he like, tries to fasten his journal into like whatever sort of strap harness might be available to secure it against him. Yeah, these, these so, several pockets and Velcro straps allow you to attach tools to your suit. It's very easy to find something. Cass, roll your education for me. Fifty-one. Which is a success, right? Okay. Now, Cass remembers from training, of course, the center of this ship is very one long continuous tube. And of course, if there is a problem, if there's a hole or a vent, this entire area can be vented. It took a while, but this is a, this is a problem. So what you are trained to use, Cass, are these little portable, um, what do they call those, like divers would use, like a portable airlock, such as what you guys are trained to use, where you attach it to an area outside of the door, you create a little airlock, and then so the whole room wouldn't be evacuated, just that small portion that you're standing in. It's a portable that you can expand, attach, contrast, and carry with you. Um, you don't have one of those. You don't see one around you. That I, I, I wouldn't have one in my suit? It's a little bigger than that. It has to encompass the entire door, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'll be a little portable airlock that you would attach to the door, and then it has enough room for the four crew members to stand inside of it, seal up, then open the door so that we wouldn't vent the entire room. Are there any, are there any uh, gauges on the door to tell you pressure, air, anything? We've got some warning lights that the three of you don't know, but Cass has been trained to mean that there's a problem with the atmosphere behind the door. Um, is, is, would there be anywhere nearby where one of those portable airlocks are? Well, most of that equipment would be stored at the habitation ring. Um, Maybe someone moved it. You, maybe you forgot to get it. Uh, it's not nearby. I forgot to get it because I didn't know that, that needed to be a thing. <laughs> My apologies. What's the What's the problem, Cass? 
I, the, something something slipped my mind that I needed from the habitation ring. Um, we're supposed to, and I'll, and I'll explain the, the, the concept of the portable airlock to them and that I don't have one with me. Um, is there any like, like a climbing uh, a apparatus type of thing? Not obviously not that exactly, but like a, a climbing harness that we could like strap and strap to, to, to something else so, we, so that if we open it and it's vented, we don't like fly through. Give me a spot hidden roll, Cass. I find it hard to believe that all of these rooms wouldn't come equipped with cameras. Uh, 13, which is a hard success. Nice. Uh, Cass tucked away and some behind, between, around some of these long tubes and pipes and conduits that are traveling the length of the ship. There's some sort of, of gray duffel bag that's been tucked there, left behind by someone. Okay, I'm going to see that and just like put the 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 whole repair kit tucked into another corner and then just like shove off in that direction to grab it. You shove off there, stop yourself, reach over. Um, it's an, a, 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 the duffel bag is what used to hold one of these um, portable airlocks, but inside that bag, there's a, there's a bunch of other things. There's some there's harnesses and ropes and, and ties, uh, some patch material, other things that would be useful for repairing or improving or tying down. A portable airlock. So while you're missing the airlock, you've got some other binding equipment, ropes and whatnot you can at least use for the rest of the party. Okay, I'll bring the duffel back and like put it to float in, in between all of us and pull out like, like a, a climbing harness and start stepping into it and putting it on myself. So I don't have one of the portable airlocks, but there are harnesses that can keep us from if it is vented and there's a suction going on so we don't get ripped out directly out into space. Okay. And I'm, and I'm going to finish put it and putting it on and like clip and clip the the uh, the rope to into, into, into the, the ring at the center of my chest and then pull out another one uh, and like start handing them around. So ever, been, um, ever, ever been rock climbing on Earth? You guys want to actually tie to each other? You want to attach to an object? What's the plan? Um... I, I I turn to the engineer and ask him. I say we all latch onto each other, uh, and, onto, and we have a second latch attached to the ship. We gotta I have multiple backup systems, otherwise we're getting screwed, and we're gonna become uh, another uh, mishap. Uh, is right because <laughs> I've not been in space, but I have been on a, several archaeological digs, which means that I climbing, strapping myself and belaying is not something I am unfamiliar with. And I don't think we should tether to each other in the unfortunate event that someone is jettisoned violently um, through that airlock. I think um, we think, all- what, what, what do you think about, about somewhere in between? Because I mean, this is zero G and not, you know, uh, uh, rock climbing on earth. What if we partner up? Two people, uh, uh, two people attached to each other, and that pair attached back to the ship. Here's my. I don't my, like it, but I don't like it at all. All right, then. What about if each of us? Is there enough line for each of us to be twice strapped to the ship? One for security, and just one that's going to allow you that your base normal strap to the ship. What happens there is you start to attack at the integrity of the object you're tethered to. 
Well, he's an engineer. He should be able to tell the integrity. Well, only guessing. I got to <laughs> see the blueprints on this ship, but I feel like th- this ship should was built to take the force of at least four astronauts hanging on the side of it due to its size alone. Is that standard <laughs> operating procedure? No, but it's a guess uh, under the current predicament that gives us no other freaking choice. I mean, if, if, we, if we each want to be individually strapped to, to the ship, that may be the, the wisest thing. I just don't think we should be very far from each other at any given point in time. I like having a safety. So I like the idea of two people strapped to each other and both strapped to the ship. How about we have one person on the inside who doesn't go out? I was just about to make that recommendation because who among us would tell the story of the crew jettisoned into the black of space if none of us are alive to tell the tale? Um, I volunteer myself as tribute, scribe, and otherwise gentle observer. Um, I, I actually think it might be more prudent to have Cass wait back. Hey, they are the why? one who is most necessary. Uh, not that I want to contradict you, but there are two other hypothetical crew people on board that uh, I, I might be able to rouse from their slumber if uh, you befall an inevitable demise. I think there may only be one at this point. I haven't seen any sign of Peter, but uh, having an arm ripped off, um, unless you have someone there to staunch the bleeding, seems like a fairly fatal wound to me, though I'm certainly no doctor. Unless he cauterizes it immediately. So am I reading this accurately? The person floating out there in the abyss is a different person than the arms owner? Yeah. What the hell happened here? I don't fucking know. And you want to be trapped inside with it alone, Chess? But I really, I I am terrified to find out, but I think that finding out is the only way to save everyone on this ship, ourselves included. Well, decide who's going to stay behind if that's what you want to do. But uh, I'll strap to John Ralphio Macchio, click. (laughs) <laughs> I you, guess Doc. you're going, Rafael Macho. Cass, I do not have any delusions of grandeur or altruism behind uh, this facade. So I don't know if you want to rock, scissors, paper it or roll dice, but I will volunteer myself to stay back. No, I, I'm, I'm the one, Hold on. I'm, I'm the one best suited for the ship systems. Ma- uh, Macchio may know... Um, Machio may 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 know the the engineering a little bit better than I do, but I know I know these ships, so I I should not stay back. I think I agree, and I will see you on your return. Godspeed, God bless. Uh, please be safe. Um, is there anything on my person you need? Any extra tooling? Make, anything make, you want me to watch? Your balls, sure. but it seems like you've misplaced those, haven't you, Chess? Make sure that, that, that you secure yourself to something in here, because if that's vented and we get pulled and you're not secured, you'll get yanked through with us. Uh, I will use my belay lining skills to tie the best knot to something that I know to be attached to the main portion of the ship while also holding on to it. As far as, 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 far as things that, that you have that, you might, that might be useful, I don't think any of us have much of anything besides the good doctor and my, my kit. So... <clears throat> 
John's got a my med kit. John does have a wrench. Yeah, I uh, I forgot, but I totally have that. <laughs> it's all about the tools. <laughs> So just for my purposes, it sounds like Cass and John are going to be the ones to open the door and go through. Is that correct? Uh, I was going to go with. Okay. It, 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 it sounds like the three of us are going, and Machio and uh, Torrance are um, strapped together, and Cass is on their own. Wait, right. quick question: Is this like this airlock we're trying to go out of? Is it a little like damaged? It's not perfect condition, or it's like ninety percent. You know what I mean? Functional. Give me a spot hidden, John Rafael Machio. All right. Boom. That's 57. Spot hidden. Uh-oh. Uh, that's 45. Yeah, it looks fine. Okay, yay. No, that... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to half-ash this one. You know, it feels like this now's the time. It looks good. Looks good, <laughs> Um, Just on the off chance, it's not, though. Are there other airlocks in this place? What do you mean? Just any other airlocks, just in general. I mean... Just so we have, we know all of our exits, or use whatever. Let's go. This airlock looks fine. Uh, Cass, is there another way into this room? That's a good question. Would I know of any other ways in in or out of this area? From, from Cass's training, this is the only way in, other than a potential exterior entrance, but they're not aware of. Maybe there's something on the ex- outside. But you've been just trained. This is how you access the front. This is the door that accesses the front of the ship. Is, yeah, as, as as far as I know, uh, this is it. There may be, there might be a way in from uh, outside, but uh, I don't want to go exploring that. So are you, are you Oh yeah, we're going out this. Right. Everyone yeah. is, is latched to where they want to be. They've, they've tied themselves secured to the ship. They've tied themselves to their buddies. Uh, Cass Vega will be the one to open the door, correct? Yeah. Wait. Wait. And then, yeah, as John Ralphio Macchio. Hold on takes off his name tag. I believe this is yours, doctor. And then... <laughs> that way, if they find my body, they know who it is. Yeah. I know the feeling. By the way. If... Uh, for doing this. That's, yeah. Um, any, any, anything you want me to dictate before... Uh, before this moment. You should have come with us. Open the airlock. <laughs> Let's let's do this, and I'll and I'll reach up and like tap in the code to open to open the airlock, like watching to see if there's anything weird about the airlock as it's opening. Yeah. So after the tapping of the code, the door flashes a couple times a warning flash, requiring you to tap it in a second time. That's All right. good, right? Uh, that well, that, that 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 means that there, that at least one of the redundant systems is still online, and it knows that something's wrong over there. And I'm in my right mind before typing this in, which I'm probably not, but sure. And type and type it in again. Get ready. Yes, types in the second time, changing the color from red to green. Um, there's another. You have to. There's a turn latch you have to do as well. So cast manages and then slides the door. As soon as the door begins to slide, you can feel. Thankfully, it's not like you're being sucked through a vacuum, but you can feel the air is starting to move towards this door a bit. Um, there's a slight slow pull. Nothing dramatic at this point. There's a slight slow pull towards the door. Um, Cass, do you open all the way, part of the way? What's your plan? I am going to open it enough. So I, I have control over how fast it opens and how much it opens. You can stop it if you want to. Okay, I'm going to open it like part way and like 
slide down so so I can look through and see and see what I what I can see before I commit to opening it completely. You're floating, of course, so it's, you know it's, there's no down or up, but you kind of slide in to look. Yeah, basically just like pull myself to 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 the, to the side of the door that's open and look through. Cass looks into the room, um, and only Cass can see at this point because uh, the door is like partially open. Cass, give me a spot hidden roll. Uh, 13 is a hard success. Okay. A quick glance of the room, Cass uh, takes in the entirety of the room. At the center of this room is a very large device that Cass remembers is the magnetic field generator. It's situated right in the middle, abutting the front of the ship. It's a massive structure that dominates this room, and there's space all around it. Now, the first thing that catches Cass's eye is the portable airlock. Um, it, it's pressed up against the side of the front of the ship. Kind of almost like it's being glued, like it's a, it looks like it's a piece of stray duct tape stuck against the wall. It's, it's where it's sitting right there. Um, and it's, it's a slight movement coming from that portable airlock. Uh, it just kind of shimmies a little bit um, with whatever's going on. There also are floating in this room a couple of toolboxes you notice immediately that are left in this room. Um, and you, know, you see some other odds and ends and equipment, a couple of pieces of, of, of metal um, floating about. Maybe it's, Repair pieces. Who knows? Um, uh, there's something else that you that you recognize but can't see at, um, off to your right. Something a, a black object, but it's hard to see at this point. Uh, you see no people or other or plants or other life in this room. Okay, I'm going to relay back to them what I see, um, and who. At a glance, it looks like the portable airlock was is being used was kind of a temporary patch on the side of the ship. I would guess that's where the problem is. Before you are being pulled slowly towards the door, the, the air is moving in that direction. How strong right. is the pull? It's a light pull at this point. All right. Are we ready for me to open the door the rest of the way? Well, does it look like a patch that you... Or it, does it look like a... a a tear that you can fix with your little patch thing that you have there. That's a, that. So there are pieces of metal in there the, the, of the sort that I would want to have anyway. So I have the, the material there and the patchy material that's in the, the duffel bag, right? You do. Yeah. The, yeah. The, it's almost like it's almost like a, a glue or foam gun that you guys would use to seal up these things. They're mm -hmm. smaller. They're smaller holes. So uh, metal work is for larger repair jobs, and there's a couple pieces floating in this room. Um, with with the training that I have and seeing the size of, of the area that's being covered by the portable airlock, does it look like something that I can fix with what I have on hand? You don't know until you've actually studied it. But I know how big the, the, the portable airlocks are uh, relative to, to me and to uh, uh, the ship. So if it's not bigger than the portable airlock, I should be able to get a sense of size. Uh, I'll put it this way. Uh, you, you're, you need to look at it better before you can make a decision if you've got enough. If okay. you know from the doorway, you can't tell. All right, I I might have what I need, but I need I need, I have to get a closer look before I can make that call. So I don't know. Hmm. Uh, before you feel the ropes or go go tight that it's attaching you to the side of the ship. I'm sorry. Say that again. So the the, the ropes that you've secured yourself to the ship are now tight. You're, oh. you're, you've been pulled enough that you're at the end of the rope. You feel it all. It we have a, another place yeah. that we can attach in there. Um, there should be like a handhold just inside of the door, yeah, maybe. Okay. 
yeah, there's a couple of places just inside the door. Okay, you ready, John? Can I what? I said, are you ready to go in? I'm going to detach us here so we can move in. I was born ready, Doc. Okay. (laughs) However long ago that was. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll and I'll pull myself down and and uh, uh, detach as well while clipping, like reaching through the door and clipping to to a spot that I know. All right. So I'm not going to make cast roll if she's got enough training in this to to maneuver. They've got enough training to maneuver around, grab it, change the attachments. Cast is attached to the inside and secured very quickly. Is there any way that I can latch close enough to the to the door to shut it emergencyly? So chest knows you can essentially adjust, you can adjust the rope like you're repelling, you know, yeah. just enough to get the right length. Just stop it at the door. <laughs> you want to do that, that's fine. I'll be, I'll be here waiting for you guys when you return. Okay. And he's got his hands braced like he's going to do a push-up through the opening in case he's like pulled through. God. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the door. The the rest of the, so so I'm secured on the on the inside, and I'll go ahead and um, open the 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 door the rest of the way. Doors all the way open. Everyone feels that the tight pull, um, and there's a sense of, of motion towards the hole or towards the hatch. Uh, it's it's not overwhelming, but you can tell you're being pulled in that direction. Doctor Torrance, do you release yourself in John Ralph? Well, I had wanted to do that before she opened the door. I had wanted to release and try and. And get in. All right, um, Doctor Torrance, I'm going to have you roll um, your zero G, but we're going to do a little, a little call a Cthulhu mechanic, something called disadvantage. <laughs> down, Ralph Macho attached to you. It's going to be more difficult to maneuver. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's the process we use when you're going to manage. Tiana. If, if I if I if I may, I I would say that that as someone who's more experienced with with zero G, after I got myself connected, I I would turn to help the 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 person who isn't. Uh, experience with zero G. Cass will be there as a backup if this goes poor. I'll let Cass make an attempt to spare the two of you. So we're going to be rolling um, basically your percentiles. Um, it's just float away. The tenth die we rolled two times. So usually we roll this two different tens. Take can we, can we stop 55. listening to Aaron when he makes these strategic suggestions? Okay, so first of all, this was a team decision. I said one per person as the main so idea. Extra ten. And whichever of the two tens is the worst one, that's what we go with. So I rolled a 55. My zero G is 45. Right. Is 55 the worst of the two? Yes. Okay. Now you can use inspiration if you want and re-roll the whole batch. Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, let's do that. He would have to re-roll again at disadvantage or would he take the lower one? With disadvantage again. Oh, okay. Do over. Worth. Uh, is it worth it or do you want to spend the luck? Um, that's that's ten points of luck. That is a lot of luck all at one go. You had eighty before, right? Yeah. He's he's starting out twenty more than I start with. Starting off with ten more than I than I started off with. But yeah. luck, luck gets really important really fast. So what what's the result here, Doctor? Yeah, let's let's use the um the inspiration. Well, it is disadvantage, and I got to do it again. Yeah. Wait, can't you always? Oh wait, well. We have Usually of- we keep the better one when we roll at disadvantage and use inspiration. Just saying. His game. We have <laughs> a lot of bits. I feel like you could do it, and then worst case scenario, we could see if it needs luck. I mean... Well, I, I don't know. Um, well, we'll give it a go here. Duke Fleek just gave us 500 bits just to use it for this to the players. He said Beat use by- it. Even by a half okay. second. 
Thank you, Duke. Thank you, Your Grace. Thank you, Your Grace. Mm, 89. It got worse. Much worse. <laughs> oh, oh, rolled an eight. And it's you out of luck eight. range. That yeah, what we're going to do, um, before the doctor and John lose their footing and go tumbling, the doctor has one more opportunity, if you choose to. We have some uh, mechanic in Cthulhu called pushing your, your luck or pushing your role, where you're going to use a different skill to solve the problem instead of your zero G, as long as you can justify it. If you can justify another skill that would that would make sense to fix it. I have very high dexterity. Let me see where it's at. But you'd have to narratively tell me what it was the doctor will do to try to save himself. Uh, you still roll disadvantage. We're not so very good at that up. here. <laughs> um, just as a note, if you fail after when you kind of push your roll, it's like fumbling if you fail. It's a, it's a much worse result than just a regular failure. Okay, well, let's see. Library use isn't going to come in handy here. Um, listen won't. My medicine won't. Zero G, no. Survival, no. Spot hidden. I could do something there. If you want to, you could say that the doctor notices a handhold, which he attempts, he grabs as he flies through. Yeah, that's 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 what I was thinking. Uh, my dex is sixty, so that's what that's what I was thinking. As I'm going through with John Ralphio Macho, I wanted to see if I could spot something to grab onto and save us. So here's what happens: um, the doctor and John move forward, but the two of them, it's 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 chaos. You're pulled in the wrong direction. You were aiming one direction, and Ralph pulls you another, and the current is your nose. You've lost, you've lost your way. You've lost your handhold. You reach and try to spot something that you can grab a hold of and secure yourself. You're rolling at disadvantage because you're going to have to deal with the weight of John pulling you in. But if you roll disadvantage on your spot hidden, let's see if you can grab something and save yourself. Uh, it's 40. No, sorry, it's 69. God damn it. Your spot no. hidden is? Not that good. I think it's only 60. Let me check. My spot hidden. Uh, no, it's 75. Nice. Boom. Well, the doctor sees a handhold, grabs a hold of it, and pulls, and then feels the weight of John Ralph Macchio pulling him in. The, the, line, the line goes taut. The doctor holds on, hangs there. Cast moves in quickly uh, to grab John, secure him, taking the weight off the doctor, and allowing the doctor to then work his way down the handholds and enter into the room. Chester silently thanks his common sense as he witnesses this atrocity. For the moment, you're fucked. <laughs> uh, I, what does the group want to do at this point? Where do you want to go? You still need to hold on to something you're worried we about. Have, we have flashlights on our helmets that we can turn on. and have illumination from the helmets if you want to turn that on bright or regular. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take kind of regular and kind of look around the room and assess what's going on. As far as the doctor's concerned and, and John's concerned as well, you've never seen this room before. You don't know what you're looking at. There's a very large mechanical construction, spherical in shape. Um, looks like some of a generator, maybe, in the middle that dominates the entire room. It's a dome, round-shaped room, a spherical shaped room. Um, what grabs your attention are two things. Um, you, can, you can see where, of course, there's... Um, some sort of like a collapsed tent is the best analogy we've got uh, pressed up against the wall near the front of the ship. There's also a, a large spherical object kind of tucked away off to the corner in the dark. I kind of want to focus on that with, with my light. Your lights um, hit it and it doesn't re really reflect any light. It's a, a dark, uh, 
not sphere, it's cylindric. It's a cylindrical shaped object um, rounded at the top and bottom. And it's, it's, it looks maybe like a big pill is the best way you describe it. Like a really big, th thick, fat pill. That's maybe about um, four meters in diameter. Um, and then about maybe six meters long. That's huge. Right? No, I think. Who knows? Cass, um, do, do you know what that is? Is that supposed I, to be here? I'm going to look over at it. Does it look like anything I recognize? Cass, uh, uh, give me a spot hidden roll when you look, you peer over at that. Forty-two just made it. Okay, uh, it is an object that you are entirely unfamiliar with. Um, but then, uh, roll sanity. <laughs> Good luck, Cash. Ninety-one. Yes, you, you, you have it's a, not a fumble. Inspire. It's not inspire. a fumble. <laughs> inspire. Inspire. Yeah. That. Toss that. So um, I'm, I'm going to throw the inspiration on that roll for scary reasons. A casket has a memory as she sees this object. She remembers this object. They remember, excuse me. They remember the object. Cast, Mark, you lose two sanity. Fuck. And, um, okay. and this object that you see, um, you were, you have, there's a purple, it's glowing. It's glowing. It's, it's glowing in your mind. You see a, a strange purplish green glow. It lights up. And no one knows why. You hear some screaming. You hear some terror as you see it glowing brighter and brighter and brighter, and you go, and you're back in the present. It's dark. Is she, it's is dark. she the only one who saw that vision? <laughs> only Cass sees that. Oh. Do we notice the change in her, or them, excuse me? You, you, you probably noticed something, something's bothering Cass. Cass, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna snap out of it, or what's up with you? Glows. Can, can you see it glowing? Um, that's not a good sign. No, we cannot. Wait, Kel. <laughs> uh, Chess tunes in to get a picture. Uh, no illumination here. Yeah, Chess, through the through your HUD, you're looking at Cass's video from her camera, looking out at what Cass is seeing. It, it's, it's a dark uh, cylinder, pill-shaped object. It's no light coming from it. It glows. It glows a, a, a purple and a green. And... It's wrong. It's it's wrong in a way that I, I can't I can't describe. Just another thing that is wrong in all of this. It doesn't belong in here. It's not part of the ship. It's not part of this. I don't know what it is, and I don't know where it came from. But and I'm gonna look at it, and then Ooh. look at and, and then look at at the the area covered by the portable airlock. And do I think it came through there? Would would that be like a, a reasonable guess to make? Roll Sandy for me, Cass. Um, as she wow. rants that and Dang. says that, um, you hear Chess come in and whoa, whoa! It's we have uh, we have a very smooth structure, clearly not originating from this sh ship. We have to bring it aboard. Yes, nope. we don't. I rolled a twenty-five, which is a hard success, even with my current sanity. <laughs> Cass doesn't. It's it's a good theory. It makes sense, but you get, Cass has no recollection of, of whatever. 
No, we don't. In, we, we we don't bring that thing further into the ship. Into the uh, interim, uh, Tamagotora gives five hundred to the players. Thank you very much. Thank and you, friends. Also five to Thomas. Thanks, Tamago. No, no, no. <laughs> he said, Tamago said the Thomas. The Thomas. Is that oh, our Thomas or is yeah? <laughs> it's not Thomas. any Thomas. This is, this is our Thomas. What are you talking about? Uh, okay, fair, fair. <laughs> to the any Thomas. Ooh. I think the thing to do is to repair it, and we can worry about this after. Don't risk your lives. And he's kind of like taking a mental note if he can some screenshots. Um, but it would be extremely useful to our entire purpose on Galice if you could grab that object for further study. Nope, I am not touching that thing unless, Any... it is, unless it is to kick it out of the hole. Machio, if you are close by, she is, uh, she is seeing colors. I am a they, not a she. Stop they, that. They are seeing colors. My apologies. They are not well. Yes. And also, to be fair, I think we're only making a mistake because it's ignorance, but not the offensive type of ignorance. Just straight up stupid <laughs> ignorance. Anyway, yeah, I can kick this into space if you want. But, Secure uh, the hole. Do not touch it. If Chess wants that, Chess can come in here and get it himself. My follow-up is yes. I agree with the doc on that one. Actually, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I guess we're we're 11 years old now. We are not doctors of scientific research um, going on anthropological digs on the planet. You know, that is totally fine, coward. Listen, okay. That's hilarious that you just said that, Chess. A. And also, I, I don't think we should kick this thing into space just right yet because – we don't even know what this... We might need something from this at some point. We don't know. There, I mean, are, there are weird things happening on this ship. There are vines that, that are growing that none of us recognize that did not come with the biological matter that we brought. Stop. And, and it, is, it is feeding off of a human arm as, as its food. We are dealing with something that we don't understand, and I am not bringing that thing further into the ship. And clearly this thing is the cause. It might make it worse. It is if a foreign it, object. Yes. It doesn't belong here. I've never seen this before. We must consider the fact that it may be responsible or associated with what is going on, the strange things that are occurring. This is a tremendous leap. This is an amazing leap in logical oh. guesses. I don't, I don't agree. I think it's, it's the closest thing that we have. And until such time as we can disprove it, we should leave it alone. We're staring at an object not made by not made by humans. If that if what you are seeing is is what I am to believe it is, it did not originate on this ship. It is not an inventory of this ship, but it is in our close proximity. It, it would be a complete loss to humanity if we were to let this object continue on its path. Maybe there are some things that that are out in space that we aren't meant to know about. And I'm all right with that. What? But we don't have to decide now. It can stay here. Let's patch the ship. Let's make it so we're not going to be sucked out into space. Is there any way? Why don't we, if we can, try to contain this in its own little space so it can be immediately evacuated if we need it to be, and it can be, you know, quarantined off. There aren't, there, aren't, there, aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of small spaces in this sort of a place that, that aren't already being used for something else. Airlock. Airlock. 
Uh, yeah, that way it's easy to jettison. However, we don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. If Fair. you've seen any horror films, that's how it happens. Every time you touch yeah. it. It's true. It's true. And, yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to like wrench my eyes away from it and move closer toward the, uh, the, the, the patch that is being held. Well, the, the, uh, the temporary airlock that's being held in place over what I think is the hole. So what will have to happen is um, using the, the exterior handholds, carefully moving around the sides of the ship, Cass and John. And I assume the doctor is going as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna detach from John at this point. So the three of you work your way carefully along the outside. Um, Chess remains, of course, at at, at the uh, airlock door for this room. Uh, Cass, when Cass arrives, what Cass notices is that there a portable airlock was positioned in over the hole. Uh, someone had placed it over a part of the hole and it's collapsed. The portable airlock has collapsed and it's now pressed up almost like it's glued against the side of the hole. All right. Um, with the training that I, so I, I can, can I now see like the outlines of where the hole is? You see what um, the the hole in the hull uh, is obscured by the portable airlock. You can't actually see it. I'll put it this way, though. Um, I'll have Cass and John both give me a spot hidden wall. Let's take a look at this from here. Oh, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> 14, 14 hard success. What did you get? Hey, 97. Okay, good. So, John, one thing that John notices right, right away um, is that he's concerned about the, the, the greater structure, the, the large support beams in this room, and he's worried that perhaps this impact might have bent or, or set, uh, set them out of alignment. Of course, if the foundational pieces, the load-bearing pieces are out of alignment, the whole structure can collapse. Um, John's concerned about the cause of the impact and, and these larger beams and he's, he's distracted and studying these to see if anything is bent or cracked or stretched. Um, so John doesn't, that's what he's looking at at this point. He's worried about the integrity of this room and the structure. Uh, Cass, what you'll notice is uh, there are some lines, impact lines you can see around the edges of where the uh, portable airlock has been smushed, uh, but the hole, the hole is probably is being obscured and probably mostly being contained by the smashed portable airlock. So that being the case, do I think that I could like spot weld metal on top of the portable airlock and like not not move it because because I, I don't want to have us all ripped out into space, but like put metal over it and then steal around it basically? Uh, give me an education rule, Cass. 38, success. Okay. Uh, Cass's training, of course, is that you got, you've the, the location that you want to work in, you first set up a portable airlock. That's step one. Then step two is clear and clean the area where the hole is. Then step three, of course, would be to apply the, the metal and the patch and whatnot as step four. But you, you definitely need to clear this thing to fix it. Um, you can't patch on top of all this, this fabric and material. You've got to move it. Um, so moving it, of course, is going to open this up to the vacuum. Yeah, so I will pass that to uh, to John and to Stanley and tell them the only way that I can patch this thing is to move 
the the smashed airlock, which could get dangerous. Can we reactivate this airlock so it's less dangerous? I'm going to guess no, because it's uh, you, you refer to it as being smashed. This particular one appears to be in bad shape. This one is, there. there there's, there's no way that I can salvage this into a workable airlock. I, uh, I'm out of recommendations. If I close this door, not for the reason you're thinking, or the reason I alluded to in chat, um, <laughs> that would cease forward pressure and make it more workable, right? It's only unworkable as an airlock because the air particles are constantly being pulled through it. If we the problem though is that, is that the mechanisms are smashed. There, there, there are mechanisms to, do, to, to inflate it rapidly, to put it where, where we need it to be, and those are smashed. Is there a way to where we can hook up and then once it's depressurized, it goes out and then we're in the vacuum of space inside this area. And that way we can still move around and it's not gonna get sucked out. Once all the air has been sucked out from the depressurization, it should return to normal. That seems logical to me. Uh, once we close the door and pull this away, basically is what you're thinking? Yes, we have to strap in. And we have to weather that storm, close this door, open that uh, portable airlock, and then once it returns to normal, well, normal. The storm stops as soon as I close the door. The, this storm, the storm that you have now, is as a result of this door being open. I, and, and, and the storm the, the storm that he's referencing will last for as long as there's air in here, which there's air coming in from where you are. So. Yeah, go ahead and close and close that door, and I'm and I'm actually going to start like moving around and like strapping John uh, to to into part of the ship with with his line and checking Stanley's. And I'm I'm strapping to two separate parts. And John says, "Oh my God, my room!" I didn't hear you, Thomas. Just going to go inside the room with the other three, or stay outside. I'm outside, and I was just about to ask Cass what they think the best way to close it is. Like this interface. Look through my HUD and tell me what to press. Okay, so what you're going to need to do is is get a hold of the round wheel and basically like it's, it's like it's like an old style uh, bank vault, and you're going to like roll it back back into place and then uh, type in the 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 code. Okay, you guys. Although although you shouldn't need to type in the code because you'll just shut it, and I can open it from this side. Okay, everyone strapped, good to go. Yeah. All right. I've always wanted to say this. Yo ho ho and a bottle of Zima. And he <laughs> closes. What's, yes, what's Zima? Closes and three of you in the uh, the forward room, the large magnetic uh, magnetic field generator room on the front of the ship, and the air in this room. Uh, it's not not much air, frankly, at this point. It's pulled out. It's not as dramatic as you'd feared. Mm. The the main hatch is closed. And with that moment, we'll, we'll take a little break here. <laughs> Everyone to go ahead and take care of business. We'll take a maybe it's a five, 10 minute uh, bio break as we all visit the rest stations in our own little space station here. And we will return very briefly to pick up the story from this moment. So we will see you guys on the other side.
are back from our brief break and ready to continue tackling our story here. So um, where we left off at the break, of course, is that the, the room, the four room on this ship is essentially where the magnetic field generator resides, the large uh, spherical dome-shaped room that was beset by some sort of um, impact and needed to be repaired. Uh, our, our characters have just finished sealing off the room from the rest of the ship so that the remaining oxygen in this room has exited and there's no longer any pull. Um, the air inside is not pushing or pulling you towards the hole. They have the three characters, Cass, John, Ralph Macchio, and Dr. Stanley Torrance are all in zero G and all essentially in a vacuum inside this room in their spacesuits. But the three of you are in a vacuum at this point. So if something happens, we, we will see. Um, at this point, Cass, uh, because the, the pressure is no longer an issue, um, where that portable airlock was set up, it's easy to move and peel that aside. Now, Cass does so to examine uh, what was previously done. Uh, and what Cass sees and um, what John sees, uh, we'll find out in a second. So Cass, I'd like you to roll your uh, engineering skill. I think, um, which one should we do for this? I'm thinking uh, not electrical, mechanical perhaps? Yeah, mechanical repair is probably the best one to go on here. Go with mechanical repair, and for John, I'm just going to let you roll your straight engineering skill because, as we all know, you John is an engineer of all sorts. He is the the uh, he's what, the engineer's engineer. Engineer, engineer. He he engineers every single practice, every single type of field. Got uh, his degree in computer science. Jack of engineers. You know, I called. Uh, I was the only one that nicknamed myself the Omni Engineer for 40 years. Uh, and that was 20 years before I became an engineer. So, you know. So I'm going to have John roll that fantastic engineering skill. And uh, let me know what you get. Uh, Cass, what did you get? I got a 36 out of 60. So not quite a hard success, but close. Good. Let's see what John thinks. 39. Nice. Out of what? Uh, the half success is 35. Okay. So both of you about the same level. of you're pretty. You're, the two of you um, see things the same way. Uh, it appears that... Uh, a repair was done. You can see evidence of a prior repair that failed. And it appears that the failure went out. It was pushed out. Uh, whatever the patchwork was done was, was not, was not whatever, for whatever reason, it did not succeed and it, bl and it blew out. So you can see the evidence of the, the ship and the pieces kind of pushing out away from the ship. There's a hole there. Um, and they, in the process of that, that failing, that airlock also collapsed on top of it and mostly sealed the hole in the side of the ship. Um, that needs to be fixed. And it appears that when it blew out, it, it, from your engineering opinion, it looks worse probably than when it originally was uh, was made. Sure, and 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 that and that makes sense. When when you know a, a patch gets torn out of clothes, it makes the, it makes it worse than the hole was originally. So uh, both of your experience is that you're going to have to basically strengthen this area of the hull, lay down additional metal, you know, and, and, and supports, patch it all up. And it's best to do so, of course, in, zero, in, a, in a vacuum. So you don't have to deal with air pressure. Then once you feel it's repaired, you can add the air and see how it looks. But it's, um, you both estimate this, this job will probably take several hours uh, minimum. Of course, John, you've never worked in a vacuum or in zero G before. Uh, mm -hmm. Cass, of course, has. Uh, the doctor has done some experience in zero G, but he's a surgeon, uh, yeah. not really 
I'm here to hand tools. Yeah. Well, and, and so the, the first step that we'll need to do is clean the area around. I feel like that's something that I can get a, a surgeon with a good eye to help with because he would, he, he, would have a, he would have an idea of what that would look like. All right, and I'll put it this way. What we're going to do then uh, for mechanical purposes, unless you guys want to stop and do more story stuff, we're going to essentially kind of take the repair process and extrapolate it with our skills and let you guys spend some time working together on uh, fixing this um, unless there's something we want to cut to. I, I I do want to say that that when uh, the room depressurizes, I want to like glance at that uh, cylinder like bullet thing again. Cass, looking over there in the corner of the room uh, where the light is dimmest, um, it appears to be tucked away, way away from your workspace, way away from the door, almost hidden behind the giant magnetic field generator in the darkness. It sits still, unmoving ominously waiting silently you were saying something about a horror film that feels like a horror film setup right there was was it it was sitting down it wasn't floating in the zero g at all it appeared to be tucked away tucked away i'm i'm going to key my comms so that i'm just talking to john and stanley and and say, look, I, I I understand where where chess is coming from, but I don't want that thing on the ship. I I think that everything about it is wrong and deadly, and will probably end up getting everyone killed. Um, what makes you say that? Because I'm having weird memories when I look at it. You see, you hear chess. Uh, I, I see your lips moving. I think your comms cut out, guys. I'm I'm not facing toward it toward toward the door, and I have my camera facing out. I can. Oh, you I can look at, at yeah. At your face. <laughs> I'm gonna um, just just like look at the other two with my eyebrows raised slightly. Well, uh, I'm gonna turn my back away from uh, chess. And he, he'll be able to look at the camera. I mean, oh yeah, I can't. Well, I'll still do it, but I, he can still see my face. Listen. Well, but he'll, but he'll, have, he'll have to know who is talking in order to. Yeah, keep... I can only see one person. And he can't read lips. So here's what I'm saying I don't know what this little mysterious contraption thing is. Uh, we, It's smarter to get rid of it, but you're the only one being affected by it. It, it breached the hole, but. Is it really smarter to throw it out into space and see if it messes with something, someone else? Who knows? It could circle back to Earth. We could be only a year out. That is... Well, we know. Well, that, that, that is certainly possible, but my responsibility is the people on this ship. I, I came on this mission to keep you safe. Um, if I may... I think our first priority needs to be finding the other crew members after this. We can fix the, the station and we probably will, but only one gravity suit or a space suit was missing. And that is now currently outside. It's plausible to believe that Andy was sucked out when something happened here with the patch and that she was here working by herself. That means that the other two could still be around here in the ship. And uh, 
One's already lost an arm. I don't know how that happened, but they lost an arm. And uh, that's that's a threat, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Or, you know, we could we could find them and they could just be hiding. I don't know. But we we have to consider what the what the priorities are. If this is from another world, which it seems to be, it does merit some form of study. We just have to be able to do it safely. And I don't know if there's any way to do that. Well, then we get that information. I disagree. I'm a, I'm a man who considers himself who likes to find a lot of uh, fail-safes, you know, safety net under safety net under safety net. I feel like if we can, if we want to keep this in its own airlock for me and chess, or just for chess, let's just say that for now, we can keep it in here. And maybe if there's some sort of explosive material we can make shift on the ship, maybe we can rig that to this thing so it doesn't, if we jettison out, hopefully we can also destroy it in one fell swoop. Well, if we're, if, if we're able to move it to the airlock that we, found, that, that we found along the way, I would be satisfied with that because that can be um, jettisoned very quickly. Isn't this a jettison lock technically, though? Because there's no air in here and I mean I would I, 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 I would very much prefer to just kick this thing out into space and, and uh, say no more about it but I recognize that I am outvoted I just think that oh, we have some time here there's some other stuff that we need to do we know it's here it's not glowing anymore is it but- is it so is it still glowing in my vision you're on mute Tom we can't hear you yeah, my apologies. We cast Pierce sort of side-eyed over at it. It's dark. It's still, there's nothing coming from it. Okay. It seems all right right now. There's just too many weird things. None of this was what I was trained for. And um, part of my job is, of course, adaptability. But there's a point where adaptability breaks. <laughs> well, as, as I said, we should deal with it later. Let's all focus right. on the task at hand. And I'll and I'll key chess bat back into the conversation. <laughs> Sorry about that. Minor minor uh, technical glitch there. All uh, right. Quick question. Weird. Is there anything you the fellows want to do while repairs are undertaken? Otherwise, we'll kind of just take repairs and move quickly and do a bunch of rolls to fix it and go forward. Uh, I will. I will ask. Um, Cass. Is there any way to go outside and get your friend? Oh, that's a good point. Um, like not wanting to at all, but I'm going to like lean and look through the hole because I suspect that this is about where Andy would have been or is. All right, Cass, give me a spot hidden roll. I was gonna say, if you say sanity one more time. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, 10, that is a hard, not quite critical, but very close to critical success. Yeah. From this position, Cask has, a, has a, an amazing view. You see the outside of, of the dome in front of the ship uh, as Cass peers around in different in 360. The, the, the giant um, satellite disc, for lack of a better word, uh, the, the, the collector on the front, massive, really blocks the rest of Cass's view of the ship. Um, and it appears from the view here, uh, it doesn't match what you, the image you remember from the video of Andy, Andy's uh, suit. 
Um, and then he has, as Cass looks around, there's no, no sign of uh, Andy or anyone else. But one thing Cass does see, um, somewhere in front of the ship is a red light, a, a burning red light. Um, it's like a sun, but a star. Uh, but a little bit larger than what you would expect. Like Cast is giving astronomy skill. Oh Lord, do I have that? There's no astronomy in here. The chess. What's the equivalent that you, that you would have on your paper sheet? Um, I mean that might be a science astronomy that, that which I don't have. Archaeology. Just write astrology. Intelligence. Natural. Natural. Navigate maybe. I'm sorry, Tom. Natural world, intelligence, archaeology. I, I, I would think from, from the way I look at the skills that it would be either navigate because you navigate by the stars or natural world. I'm going to go with natural world as our tie-in for astronomy. I know that Chess's character has did a lot of research into this field. So what's his natural world? My natural world is 60. That's what I, Give me a roll, Chess. Assuming, of course, you're looking through Cass's helmet cannon. Yep. 26. Nice. And that makes it a, it's below 30, so it's better than a hard success. It's, it's, it's a hard success. It's yeah. a hard success. It's a great success. Uh, one thing that Chess is aware of, of course, is the mission parameters and the ultimate destination. Um, and then the, 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 the red dwarf star that this colony is heading towards, that red ball in front of you, that glowing star that appears to be a little closer than everything else in the field of vision, probably might be, it's a good theory, it might be your destination somewhere in front of you. It's, you... it's approaching. You hear through the comms, my God. What? I I, th I think we're almost at our destination. Oh, that, then we've been we've been that, out for a long time. That star, if 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 any kind of asks Cass to do a slow panning, look yeah, around. I'll, I'll I'll actually like stick my head out the hole, like holding onto it to one side with both hands, and just like slowly pan across so he can get a good look. Um, it's located somewhere in front of the ship, not directly, but in, in, close enough to the front. It's larger than the other stars. It's it's a red ball, a red star, just a little bit bigger than everything else around you. I we are in the Groose constellation. I if if I'm not mistaken, this is we're we're not far from Gleese. We've been under for a long time. We have. That's good news, though. Oh, sorry, go on. Go ahead. I turn to John Ralphio Macchio and uh, I say, um, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it seems uh, it, you said you, you missed your daughter. She, uh, she may be dead by now. Well, hopefully she lived a full life of being happy before she lost her old man in space. <laughs> How many people can say that? Oh. Not, not me. John turns his head at him. And you hear through the comms, both of you, this is a joyous celebration. We are almost at our destination. She, your daughter, is under the auspice that her father set forth with uh, grandiose plans of exploring the new world. We are the modern day explorers. We are heroes. We're almost there, which, which, which should encourage us all to finish the task of patching the hull, grabbing that object, 
and getting back under safely for the duration of the trip. We're not going to touch that object yet. I agree. There's and, too and, much unexplained. And but I, I agree, it's worth study. And for two, there are two uh, members of my crew that are unaccounted for who should have, who should be awake. Yes, this is a joyous occasion. We're getting close to where we're supposed to be, but there are too many unanswered questions for me to be just happy about this. I'm going to push back in, into the ship. Oh, Cass is back inside. I'm sorry, Chess. I want to keep this thing for the curiosity too, but uh, you're right. We've come too far to die now. I don't think I'm I'm going to make it to that new world. Has space dementia hit you all? What um, you you're equating? Fine, get back on the ship. There's no need to equate this object with death. My really? God. There's there's at least one member of of the crew who is dead. And clearly this object is to blame. Well, let's be let's be honest here. This object crashing through here likely didn't destroy our navigation, and that's down. To be fair, we don't even know it. Oh go. Didn't stop at the rest of the systems or didn't cause the rest of the systems to go down. So what did? And we don't really know if it's user error. Andy himself, as brilliant as he as the person was, could have had a mishap. It almost happened to us trying to get to this broken hole in the first place. Andy is short for Andromeda. She's the she, dear. <laughs> I uh, deeply apologize. It's fine. She 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 always made fun of people who made that mistake. <laughs> we would have got along then. E- either way, I agree. Let's patch the hole and let's start looking at the other stuff. We have other crew members to find and we have other things to fix so that we can actually make it to our destination. And how many people are sleeping on this ship? They are counting on us to get the job done. I'm also concerned about where those vines came from. Those aren't anything that I recognize from Earth. And admittedly, I don't know a lot about botany, but I'm pretty sure I knew what was in the inventory and it wasn't in there. No, I think that we checked it last time, didn't we? We did, and it, and it wasn't anything that we recognized, if I remember right. Uh, or no, sorry, it was, it, it was Ivy, but we didn't bring Ivy with us. That was it. Okay. Actually, you did bring Ivy with you. Yeah. I thought we didn't. I thought it was just kind of something that was accounted for, but just had an exponential growth yeah. rate. Yeah, they were in the little... Or Okay, so wait, that changes a lot. It could either A, be some new alien presence, or B, be something that was mutated into something new. Oh, yet we have no idea what this sun does to plant life. This is This is further study. This is science. We don't know. We shouldn't be jumping at conclusions. But what we do know is that it doesn't belong in a severed arm. So... That it is, is not uncommon for plants to root themselves in other biologics. That Ants. does happen. They occupy shells. They occupy carcasses. I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 going to turn them off in my in my comms and just like focus on on starting to to work on this because I'm I'm tired of their bickering. The last thing Cass hears is mushroom spores and ant. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, if there's nothing else, what will happen is he, uh, there'll be a, several hours spent uh, getting the, the repair site cleaned up, prepared, laying out new supports, using the metal that's in here. Um, and, and for our purposes, there's sufficient spare parts and, and floating metal that are right here. The entire time, Chess, Chess is trying to make his case to grab the object relentlessly. 
um, and is bringing up like the allegory of the cave and human existence based on ignorance. We should yeah. be past this. And, well, and, 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 and periodically, Cass will check back in and then click right back out as, as soon as they hear that, that Chess is just relentless because they're like, I am not dealing with this. So I want to have um, Cass um, give me your repair role. Is it engineer? It was a um, mechanical repair, me I believe. Mechanical repair, yeah. Give me that role for Cass. Uh, 48, success. Okay. And then John, if you're assisting, I'm assuming John would. I wouldn't mind helping. You have mechanical repair as well. Let's do it. Go for it. I dropped my sheet. Uh, ooh, that's pretty. That's a 19. Next. Ooh. Engineering. The doctor does a little bit of assistance, but if he's not really a repair person, but he instead helps you guys with bringing materials in place. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a faster process than, than you expected. Cass is very professional and John has done a lot of construction work in his time. It doesn't take too long. And this, you know, mechanically, this is uh, not, not something that's something within your guys' wheelhouse, put it that way. Um, when the work is done, uh, and the group of you feel like you've done a, a good job patching it, and you seal it all up, um, what, are you ready to test it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll like go over it again, just, just checking like all the spot welds and everything else that, that we would have used and checking it, like triple checking it just, just to make sure and then like push back a little bit and say, all right, moment of truth. All right, so it was welded and then also patched up with a sealant on top of that. Yeah. And uh, with John's up, made sure that it was, uh, you're hoping that the structure is secure. Yeah, and, 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 and when we finish, I'll like fist bump him. So does somebody want to open that door? Uh, I'm gonna go and clip my, myself to to a wall before before we do that. Like make sure that we're all secured just in case it rips out. Because well. that's already that's already yeah. happened before, so I'm not playing that game. Yeah, we've all seen movies. Can I also clip as I uh, I would like to throw my hat in the ring in terms of opening it? Right, so the the group you clip, everyone prepares themselves, and I finally get to make a roll with these, and let's let's see if I can do any damage. Uh, as we open the door and oh, the back in, and let's see if our, our repair work has held up. So um, I rolled an 18, and I'm going to use one of my GM inspiration because let's see if I can fumble this roll. <laughs> God ram it, Tama. Let's give it a shot. Unfortunately, I rolled a 0 9, which is better. This is the time that I like you to, to, to roll low. <laughs> So the welds, I'm rolling for the welds. I'm, I'm like personifying the ship itself. It's a strong ship. It's very well put together and repaired. It withstands the pressure change, the differential, and the, the air pressure levels out over several minutes. Everyone breathes a sigh of relief. The ropes go slack. Everyone is still floating, but your indicators indicate now that the air is breathable outside of you. Uh, Temperature-wise, it's still really cold, but it's yeah. completed your repair. And you can probably mark off one of your many tasks as completed. The whole breach has been repaired. Oh, that's good. Um, well done, next. team. Thank Great you. job, team. Hey, look, I'm a floater. <laughs> I'll say. Um, next, we have to get the engine working, right? Yeah, and I'm and, and I'm gonna like kick over toward toward the because so this is this is the collector unit. Is this the engine itself, like the generator? The, the powerhouse of the ship, the mitochondria of the ship, as it were. Yes. Give me one second as my computer uh, likes to freeze as I'm changing windows. I hear that. Uh, you guys can still see me, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a collector on the front of the ship and also serves double duty. This room actually is a magnetic field generator. 
uh, which serves a couple purposes that you guys have trained on. One of which it makes a magnetic field around the ship, which helps protect you from radiation and whatnot. But the field itself has an interesting shape to it with a round and also projects out the front as well. And they've, they've engineered this thing to be a secondary collector. So it not only protects the ship, but also has another umbrella out front. Working with the built-in collector, you, your ship is able to collect um, hydrogen and, and other small particles that exist in space and then funnel them in and gather them up and then use them as propellant. So ultimately you're gathering, you're scooping up space fuel, which is it's going all the way to the back of the ship stored there for propellant. The ship is powered by a nuclear reactor, which is an electrical system. And it's, it's an electric powered engine as opposed to like a liquid or propulsion. It's not, it's using energy to propel the mass. It's not burning fuel, if that makes sense. So uh, this is a collector and the magnetic field serves several purposes, but it's off by the way. That's okay. Problems on the ship, the, the magnetic field generator is presently off. And is this something that I, so thinking back to 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 the, the lesson that the AI was trying to teach and Andy and I were loudly ignoring, um, is, is this something that I can repair here in the room or do I need to go to the engine and the systems in it in order to repair it? It really depends on what's broken. Okay, so I'm going to start like pulling myself around the generator to get to get a good look and see if I can like 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 check readouts and you know do various scans and see what I can figure out is wrong. I think the best analog for this thing is going to be electrical engineering. Probably what yeah. electrical engineering. Cass's electrical engineering skill. Uh, electrical repair is sixty. That's what we need. Like this is this is in her wheelhouse as well. Like, give me a yeah. roll. Uh, 51, just made it. Uh, Cast does a, a quick scan of the entire uh, elect, um, magnetic field generator. Uh, the exterior looks to be fine. Cast notices several panels that have been replaced, mm. that look new. And then does Cast want to open those? Yeah, I'm going to like gent gently pull those open. Right. It's, it's a pretty simple process where she opens and reveals it. Uh, inside, Cast sees a, a looks like new re repair work someone has repaired this or worked on work on it there's uh, there's areas where there's pieces that have been new pieces replaced in you see some scrape and some damage to the paint mind you but it looks like the, the parts there's new parts that have been installed um uh, as Cass examines it it's off everything is off right now okay is there like a power switch or a button to pull here that i that i can turn on there's several locations but there is one local the cast goes down near the, near the bottom of it um, uh, the cast goes down there, opens the access panel. There's a master power switch, which has been toggled off. Okay. I do want to go back to the panels that, that have been repaired and check them over just to, just to make sure that the repairs were done correctly um, before, I turn every, before I try to turn everything on. Uh, give me another role with that uh, electrical engineering. Oh. Sure. While she's looking at it, I just want to uh, ask her a question after this role. Uh, 34. It appears to you that it, it's been, essentially parts have been pulled out and new parts have been put in. It's mm -hmm. a plug and, plug and play sort of thing that they've done here. So okay. it's crazy, but these are new replacement parts uh, that have been put into this generator. Cass, would you be able to recognize whose handiwork that is? 
Um, I mean, this is this is pretty modular. So it's you know, it's a plug and play. It's not really something that has a um, I don't know a signature to it. Besides the signature of the people who made it. Um, I mean, Boss had her ways of of working around things, uh, but this wouldn't need that sort of expertise. This is very straightforward. Okay. Yeah, am, am I reading that right, Tom? That it is very like unplugged, plug back in. I mean, generally, but there is a there are there is a member of your team that has more expertise in these devices than than yourself, which probably would be I think Peter. Yeah, the tinkerer. But 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 also like I I, I would recognize him working around something, and this doesn't look like it needed to be a workaround. Would be my guess, at least from what you said. Yeah, it's not it's not like totally smashed, you know. Yeah. Like, like whatever damage was done was something that anyone of your group probably could have easily fixed. Yeah. So I'll close I'll close the panel back up and look around and say, I don't know what happened that Andy was the only one here. But um is it safe to be in this room with the with the generator turned on? Well they um didn't really let's see. Give me an education roll. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, that is a 10. So that's a hard uh, critical success, excuse me. Yeah, they indicated that, that you should be safe. Uh, it's a magnetic field as humans live on with, with them on earth and all animals do. And it's something that, you know, is naturally occurring for, sure. for bodies. So it, it should be fine. I, I wasn't sure if it was like being in an MRI room with the MRI turned on where all your metal gets sucked to it. Oh. Things that things that you learn from being from working in a hospital. So the guests want to turn it back on. Yeah. So after I have verified that everything is, <laughs> after I have verified that ever that everything is clipped into the places that they belong, um, I'll pull myself like 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 put a hand on on Stanley's shoulder before pushing myself down toward the uh, well down toward it toward the uh, the switch. Right. And just for my purposes, uh, it's still chess is still outside. Everyone else is still inside the room, right? For no particular reason whatsoever. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, he, the door, he's assuming that you guys are going to come through the door, but he's been just kind of like jotting down in his notebook about the obstacle, the object, and also like mapping its place in reference to the other stars and planets in the, in the sky. So planning a return expedition if they don't plan on retrieving it this time around oh, it's, it's inside man you brought it in we did it, it was it was always in oh it's in the oh shit it's in the room it's yeah. in the room it's yeah. not out it's not outside i wanted to kick it outside and then, and then close the hole on it but oh, it's, it's, it's it's inside the ship does that change any of what you were saying yes <laughs> before um he doesn't know um yeah i i thought it was kind of like floating alongside of the ship but it came no, it's, through it's, it came through the, I, I i would reasonably assume that's what caused that's the hole the in the ship yeah interesting yeah um he's opening the door so would that have changed your argument before we put before we uh sealed the hole the hole in the hole whose argument mine or chess's no a chess's um yeah because i thought you guys were gonna like I, so I, I had assumed mentally that you guys were like, it was floating alongside at a distance. No. Um, it's inside of the ship. It's inside, yeah. He is going to... it. 
I mean, it changes kind of the dynamic of what he was talking about, maybe. Yeah, because, uh, because because I was making the argument to just like dislodge it from where it was while things are still in zero G and kick it out the hole and get rid of it. And then, you know, maybe send someone back for it using, using the, the method that you were talking about. Oh, yeah, no. Um, no, the argument is definitely leave it. We'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. <laughs> okay. And of course, we've, we've sealed this room. So it's, you know, patched up. There's no issue with it, with the air loss. Um, door was opened. Air's flow is fine. The four of you can be in the room. Uh, Cass hits the master power switch, powering up the electric field generator, the magnetic field generator, excuse me. Um, the system starts activating lights. You hear the hum of the, of the generator go, indicator lights showing. It all looks like it's running nicely. Um, so Cass is studying that just to make sure it looks good. Uh, if John and Stanley and Chess can all give me a spot hidden roll. Um, Chess is definitely thrilled about being, well, it looks like we're on course, spot hidden. That is going to be a success. So my success is 50, uh, is 75, but I rolled a 35. Yeah, good. That's probably a hard that's, success. That's a hard success. Anybody with better than a hard success? Nope. Or a hard success? I have a success. All right. And then, John, how's, how's he doing? I did not roll on that one. Uh, no, 61. All right. So John and Cass are studying the electric, the magnetic field generator, keeping an eye on that. Uh, Dr. Stanley, you, you noticed the, uh, a change in the light in the room, a very minor change with a light, uh, some new light sources developed in the, at a corner of your eye, picking up something, and it's, an, it's a, a low color, maybe an ultraviolet. Uh, chess is the one that, that turns towards it and sees it. Um, that cylindric object, the black cylindric object has a, a, a very faint, deep purple, like, like the ultraviolet spectrum is just barely touching into what you can see at this point. It's starting to radiate a very, very hard to see, but clear, uh, deep purple light. And I mentioned that and I said, I don't have, clearly don't have my tools, um, but it is absorbing light at a spectrum that is I don't think an artist can paint this palette. Turn it off, Cass. The generator, turn it off. But the, I just, what? the systems it. are on. Please turn it off. I'll, I'll, I'll throw the switch back. It, the generator spins and slows and slows. The indicator lights die down and dim. The whole system starts to shut itself down again. Um, Dr. Stanley, who is now looking at the light, he sees what Chess is seeing. That object tucked away in the corner, the, the black object which for a moment was a deep purple, now goes back to being black and cold, emanating no light whatsoever. How did you know to do that? It, it was just one thing led to the other, right? We turned on the um, magnetic field generator, it started glowing. It was glowing again? It was. It was glowing a kind of purple. So it responds to electromagnetic fields. It At emits least. a dark purple radiation. It, we don't know if it's emitting any other radiation right now. Can I do an... It, does it have any sort of traces of... Bio, like, give off anything... You know how Stonehenge is kind of like, this isn't a normal structure, right? Like, does it... Yeah. Is it a man... Can I tell it is like... a. A, a creation of some kind versus like 
potentially a naturally forming thing. You probably want to get a little closer to see. This requires further inspection. Um, as he, there is no gravity, right? Right. Um, and he kind of meanders over very slowly. Uh, first, he jots it down. Interesting findings. Thank you, Dr. Torrance. You might prove useful yet. Claps the book. Funny, but I've already saved one person's life on this ship. Figure of speech, Doc, please. My God. And he, you did ignore, everyone did ignore my original idea. I'm just going to say that. Uh, he starts to approach the object tentatively, but approaches it. All right, let's see. Um, how do I want to have you? All right, well, as you get closer, I'll just tell you what you see. Um, okay. It is a, a, a cylinder, a black cylinder object. The front end is, is domed, um, rounded. Uh, the back end is indented, kind of the opposite of the front. Um, and it's, it seems to have been tucked in here. There's a bunch of wires and cables and pipes and it's kind of securing it. Um, um, your theory is it's unlikely it tucked itself. Maybe someone put it here. Um, and there is, um, there's markings and detail and relief surrounding it. Um, it. Almost like it's got texture to it as you get close to it, but it's all the same color. It's a deep black, no, uh, no contrast whatsoever. But there's definitely some sort of detailing shape and um, forms. Etched, maybe, is the right word. Two very significant things here. One, it is very unlikely that it propelled itself through there and lodged itself safely into here. I propose someone put this here, found it before us and put it here. Second, um, there's some scribes on it. This is amazing. And it's not like English or any known language. It's just kind of like random characters, right? It really looks like shapes and traces. Um, like, like this patterns of turns and, and angles and, and routes and circles and spirals um, almost like maybe like a tribal tattoo is maybe a good analogy all over it intricate designs in uh, relief some of it is etched some of it, uh, I mentioned the patterns and like patterns like these fractals sort of might occur but not on an object sort as this this is absolutely alien in nature if these patterns weren't put here by by someone on this ship so i suppose then there is it, it, it seems to be the right shape and size to have caused the hole in the side of the ship it may have punctured through and then my crewmates found it and shoved it into that corner to get it out of the way while they fix things was the hole in the ship um in facing in or out so, so my guess is that, is that the original hull of the ship was fit was in, and then when when the the seal blew when when the the previous repair failed, it blew out. That's a good theory. So, I mean, my my best guess is that this thing caused the puncture, and then they did a bad job on the repair, or something happened, and when they returned pressure, it blew out the, on the other side. But this thing stayed stuck in here. I am worried here. Number one, you were in your tomb stabbed. Um, someone did that to you. We have yes. to we have to remember that. Someone did that to you. And I remember Andy standing over my tomb, looking very sad and upset. 
I don't know what happened, but I remember that. Is it possible that whoever stabbed you could have sabotaged the repairs? Possible, Ooh. but if that were the case, it probably wasn't Dandy. Why would she? Why would? Why would she let herself get thrown out into the vacuum of space if she was the one sabotaging it? I don't know that it is likely that your friend did this to you. Um, I, if I, if you could venture me a guess, and please forgive me. Um, I th believe you may have done this to yourself. What would You're, make you think that? She oh, is out yeah. in the abyss of space, seeing things, um, reflections, she has no recollection of why her life vitals are there. The only thing they remember is that their friend is standing over them. Um, I... They might, your, your friend might have put you under for your own safety, unsure of whether or not you'd survive, and then gone out to try to fix whatever else was left and met their fate somewhere. It sounds to me like someone stabbed uh, Cass, and someone probably dispatched Cass's friend. Hashtag chaos in the chat. We just got raided by friends who roll dice with 13 people. Thank you so Guys, much for the welcome. raid. Welcome to the Thank Cthulhu you. in space chaos. We are the chaos agents. Playing I believe Questing Chaos in the chat will tell you when to do a hashtag for a giveaway. We're going to get back to this game, but thank you so much for the raid. I think it is, it yeah, is very... Playing a Dungeons and Dragons game with Thomas. I am Thomas the Keeper doing a call. <laughs> No resemblance. Uh, we're two different people. We don't look the same whatsoever. No, not even a little. <laughs> not a bit. Hashtag chaos in the chat. Do it now. I think, I think that somebody likely stabbed Cass. I think that person is likely responsible for the death of their crewmate, Andy. And I think that person is still yet to be found on this ship. We need to be very wary going forward. There is a person out there with that's missing an arm. And there is a person out there that we know nothing about. And we have to- Peter's and, completely unaccounted for. I don't know where he is. Is there anything in the room that looks like a container that I might be able to put this object in? It's like four, draw? Meter, like four meters by three meters, dude. It's enormous. I thought it was like a pill, right? It's like- Four by six. Four meters by six. Oh, shit. This thing is huge, man. <laughs> what? In my, my God. Okay. Four okay. meters by six meters. This thing is like... I a, think that's um, why I thought it was like at a distance in space thinking about... Okay. That makes sense. This thing could be its own escape pod. Honestly, honestly <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say. Is This, this could be its own like life raft. And, it, and and it reacted to the magnetic field being turned on. I need to turn this field on. This is the only way that we're going to have enough fuel to get to where we're going. We can turn it on when we're ready. We still need to restore navigation. We still need to check the engines. And quick question, uh, just random side thing. Is there any documentation, video surveillance on this ship at every corner? You think there would be, am I right? Now he's thinking. Well, I mean, why why would there be? Everyone was supposed to be asleep the whole way. Yeah, but also, everybody who's navigating this journey is not going to be the same people navigating it by the time we reach the end of the destination. You know what I mean? I, 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 th I think we got we got to find, hopefully, 
there's some sort of surveillance here. Uh, I don't know if there is. I think you're right, them. Uh, but I, we, I feel like maybe that might give us some of the answers we're looking for. Thank you to the Dat Network for rating. Also with 20 viewers, Ooh. Dat Network, we really appreciate you. Thank hey you, guys. Welcome. Hashtag chaos in the chat. We're giving away a pin right the F now. Do it. So we're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is a space scenario. Call of Cthulhu in the future. We typically are playing D&D. And you, typically there's a dungeon master here by the name of Thomas, who is uh, running this flying through. I'm another Thomas, a different Thomas. And I'm playing, uh, running them through the Call of Cthulhu story. Set on a spaceship called Ark 105. <laughs> okay, well, I think we don't turn this thing on yet. We go, we try and fix everything else. We turn this on last and, and see what happens. Maybe we move this out of the area if we have to. But first things first, let's go uh, see what else we can find on the ship. All right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to stay here and continue examining this thing, this is sort of your uh, area of expertise. How far are you going? I'm just as curious about the navigation logs, less so now that I can practically see Gleese in the distance. But Well, not, I mean, not anymore. Not that will tell us. Yeah, good point. But that will tell us a lot about what happened. Um, how far is, how far, so I, I think we're going to go to the navigation system next. Where would I go to fix that and get the logs? The bridge is where you'll go. It's located at the center of the ship, just on top of the, the main uh, circular structure. Um, and as of course, you know, this ship is flown by a computer. Yeah. And navigated, flown out oh, the entire time. The bridge is really just there to be used maybe, um, in, in the dock system or the right around when they're moving it around you know, the planet um there's there's things you can use the training talked to you about you know there's there's important bits of machinery up there but really it's it's not designed for humans to fly this ship yeah everything's located that the computer uses to fly this ship. yeah congratulations okay. to dewall's stoner age you've won the giveaway thank you so much for, for joining the chaos and for joining us on Tuesday. Please stick around. John Ralphio Macho is probably going to die soon. It could also <laughs> be dual stone rage, but I love the uh, 20 love. <laughs> Stoner age. That's where my Stoner age, man. <laughs> I like it. All right. So uh, how far is the bridge from where we are right now? Pretty much the middle of the ship. Um, it shouldn't take too far. About okay, the same, so, we go from the front of the ship to where the your particular colony a ring was. Okay, so I'll I'll relay that to Chess and say, I mean, if you want if you want the logs, uh, it shouldn't take me too long to fix the systems. I hope we'll find out, and uh, then you can come back here and poke at this thing. Oh. I this not is clearly not literally. Don't touch it. That is not scientific, but I get your meaning. Um, this is I'm, not going I'm, anywhere. I'm not a scientist. I'm an engineer. I am not going back to sleep. I will spend the time awake to get to Gleese studying this object, whatever it is. But the, the navigation logs will tell a bigger picture. We should go there. Right. All right. And I'll um, gather up my, my equipment, the tools that, that I have from all of this in the duffel bag and like sling an arm through it, wear it, wear it on, the, on the front like a, like a haversack of sorts. I think we can ditch these suits at some point, yes? Uh, up to you. Fully ditch them? I mean, we should have them just in case, right? 
I'm I'm going to leave mine on at least for the moment. I don't know what's going on in the bridge, so until I know what's going on, I'm going to keep this on. Okay, <laughs> Jess, enough. was was that a finger on a nose from you? <laughs> that was a finger on the outside of my helmet, like that, like, like <laughs> I, I, way out here. <laughs> yes, I'm not right. taking this off until we're 100 green in all areas. And so, it, 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 it'll it'll be a bit cumbersome in the areas where we have gravity, but they're not too bad once you get used to them. Yeah, the bridge is not one of those areas. <laughs> right. Cool. So um, everyone's going, correct? Yeah. Sounds like yeah, and I and I have I have the tools that that we have now from uh, doing the patch. Right. So everyone leaves the the front area. This is where the magnetic field generator is located. After leaving, the door is closed. So that room, yeah. and the four of you uh, float your way down um, using the handholds or your zero G's training down 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 the ship, uh, past different you know a couple different path pathways. Of course, where we talked about the airlock being uh, the way to the, the first colony ring, habitation ring. Uh, the second, and then cast notes where the, the bridge door is. It's yeah. a single hatch located essentially um, on the, the wall, but everything here, there's no up, there's no down. You're in, you're floating in zero G. Uh, cast notes where it is, the group you move over. Um, cast, there's a different code for the bridge, uh, but you remember it. Yeah, I, 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 I had to memorize all of the codes just in case, and like boss would drill us until we, until, until we knew them by inside and out. So tap, 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 tap. the bridge lights, the door to the bridge indicates uh, the three red warning lights that you've seen before. Ah, son of a bitch. <sighs> there's what? something wrong. There's something wrong with the atmosphere in there. Oh my goodness. Maybe there's another pod. Maybe there's another. Isn't object. that why we have these shoots? Can't we still go in with the crappy we air? We can, but I'm very concerned about there being another hole in the hull, and I and I don't have enough material necessarily to fix another one. Hmm. And 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 if and if there's a second one of these things, and it looks like that, I'm I and and you say it's some sort of alien life. I'm going. I'm going to say we got attacked. Or maybe it responds to magnetization. We we don't know. We but do only need one specimen, in my opinion. Let's open the door and find out. Let's clip in first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll and I'll clip not to each other. He looks <laughs> at Machio. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I said every person, if we had enough rope, gets attached to the ship. You know, forget it. We we're gonna discuss this if we survive later. And yeah, I'll <laughs> I won't attach to anybody. Yeah, and I'll and, and I'll check everyone's attachments before before going to open the door. Everyone's secured. Cast enters a code two times to override. Um, turns the latch, begins to move it. Um, the atmosphere inside the central compartment begins to pull you towards the, the, the cockpit or the bridge room. Uh, almost immediately uh, after you open the door. Stronger than the other one. Stronger than the other one, yes. Um, so th what's what's your move here at this point? You're all secure, but what's your move? How much rope do we have? Can I get in there? Um, you probably could just uh, slowly loosen the rope like you were Repelling as we used before to give yourself enough length and it would pull you into that room. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of want to start doing that, giving myself a little bit to see how far I can go into that room. Of course, turn the light on and look around. Okay. Uh, doctor, give me your zero G roll. Goodness, oh, here Jesus. we go. Oh, Jesus. Ooh, 72. What is his zero G? 45. You want to inspire that? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you fumble? Badly. 
What did he get? 99. With a 99, there's no, uh, we can't, awesome. we can't press it. We, it just happens. So <laughs> the dog was loosening up to go through the, the, the door. It, the, um, the rope, the harness comes undone. It pulls him straight into the cockpit. You guys notice him fly right past you. I'm going to give anybody who wants you can get a shot at grabbing him. So yeah. I, I would I would really like to take a shot at that. I do. Oh. It's a strength roll for you. And I need a hard success. A strength roll. Give me a for everyone? Anyone try, wants to grab the doctor, we'll start with Cass. All right. All right. Uh, 35 right on the nose, hard success. Okay. Uh, Cass grabs the leg of Dr. Stanley Torrance, stopping his... his being pulled in, but Cass, you, you got him, but it's, you know, you're, of course, being pulled. Yeah, you can feel it. Your your knots are tight. You're, the moment you're fine. Anyone else want to help? Yeah, I'm like clinging to him to his it, with both hands. Is it still a strength, hard success? I can I can reach in. Okay. Same roll. All right. Uh, there we go. 63. Right. My strength is 50. Just grabs and grabs, but can't get a hold. Um, John. We doing this. Uh, 56, 56, uh, and the strength is this. It's a base 60. Okay. Which it's like so, 50. Success. So, so it's a success, but not a hard success. John's yeah. got a hold of the fabric of, of the doctor's spacesuit, but that's not a very good hold, but he's, but Cass has got him at the moment. Mm-hmm. I will help to be able to secure him so it doesn't go any further. Um, doctor, you grab a hold of something. Yeah, I was about to say, is there something I can... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll and, and, and I'll help swing him toward a wall, too. Uh, get, get him something. Doctor swings towards the wall. He's now inside of the bridge. The rest of you are outside still. Um, doctor, give me a spot hidden roll. Um, my spot hidden is, I think, 75. It's pretty high. I remember that. Check. Yeah, it's 75, and I rolled a 60, so success. Uh, the doctor notes that uh, it, what looks like a, a puncture in part of the wall Um where the direction you you were being pulled in, uh, it's a it's a small puncture. It's maybe uh, not maybe a centimeter, maybe two centimeters at the most diameter, um, and that single puncture is where all the air is moving towards. Okay, pull you out of that hole. My God, ah, <laughs> what a way to go. Uh, and and I hold on here, and I say, uh, there's a small puncture. Can someone get inside and close the door? Just... Right, I'm, 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 I'm going to come in. Guess, give me your zero G skill. Uh, 30. That is a hard success. Okay. This is, Cass is able to pull this off, uses the, uh, the, the pull of the vacuum to their benefit to get an angle, perch up, stop. Now the doctor and Cass are inside. Do you, do you guys want to close that door? Uh, Chess has got the wheel like he's going to close it and he looks to Macho. He's like, we've done this dance before. Do you want to go in or are you staying out this time? God damn it! And close it's a, it! It's a small hole. I should be able to do this on my own. You, did Macho say close it? I did. Alright. Alright, you got it. Mm, you watch it. Just wheels it, closes the door, the suction stops. Um, the room is, of course, a vacuum. Um, the bridge... The vacuum, uh, but Cass and the doctor are able to float over there. Um, it looks—it's a single puncture in the wall, um, like, in or like, out. like 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 big enough to put a finger through. Yes, like big enough to put a finger like through. In or out? How? Uh, moving, moving out from from the room you're in towards the exterior of the ship. Doesn't make any sense. 
The, wait, the puncture wound is expressed out of mm-hmm. the ship, or is it expressed in? Out. And, it's, it's like something shot from the from the the bridge outward. That's correct. Are there any what weapons the on this ship? That's a great question. Are there any weapons on this ship? So, um, Cass, as uh, far as you know, let me think. The answer is no. Um, I'm gonna try to think. I mean, I would imagine we'd have something in case there was any like dangerous wildlife on the world we're going to. Come on. Yeah. I want you to give me your um, education role. If we gave Space Force guns, we got guns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched that show. <laughs> yeah. So what did John get in his education? John? For me? Oh, okay. Uh, for education, it is... That's right on the nose. Uh, my education is 40, and it's 40. Okay. Uh, John remembers going through the inventory of, of the material his company was contracted to send on this, and uh, he noticed some, a couple of interesting crates in there that caught his attention. You know, there, there's always, of course, humanity and, and, their, and their weapons, and they're never not supposed to be, but there's a, there's a couple boxes in there back on the back of this ship and some storage units that your company, by contract, packed away, just in case the colonists might need a couple of heavy weapons. So from that, I'm I the only one that knows that right now at this moment. Hmm? Okay, John is. Yeah. Okay. But I did say, are there any weapons on this to the whole team? You know, I yeah. Then and then my retort will be then. Well, I actually got the uh, got something that uh, you're gonna like and also not like. There may be weapons on this ship. There may be wh- what? <clears throat> Let me clear the old throat here. Just uh, looks uh, over at John. Weaponry and or arms, firearms on this ship, just in case we encountered hostile life forms. I have never been out in space, me personally. I have seen plenty of movies and media, and that's what I'm basing myself on. Uh, I know that's ridiculous, but also we don't fully know what we're encountering. So when they give me weaponry, I'll take the weaponry. And unfortunately, I know where that is on the ship. Or I know that it's on the ship, at least. With Cass's one and anything? Well, so... All right. It's neither here nor there why the weaponry is here. That's several decades in the past, it sounds like. But but only John Ralphio knows. Well, in the past, but we'll look into the future. I... Who, Who else would have known that that was here? So I, I didn't know that was here. I had no idea. I had no idea either, but I am, you know how tight governments are with budgets and I am contracted as a signed kind of societal development, cultural excavation, anthropological expert. And they wouldn't have sent someone if there wasn't a high probability of finding life forms on the planet we were going to or reports thereof and with the pod we have in the other and mr machio's contingency plans with the weapons once we get planet side i'd say that they know it's almost a certainty that we are or it's just good risk management that too in my mind those weaponry are only a possibility i wasn't personally going to use them and i told them that what, what, what kind of weaponry is it? 
What do uh, Mr. Thomas, Mr. The Thomas? <laughs> um, it's, I'm going to put it this way. John, you can let us know. what Whatever you want to say is on that, in that crate. These Blow are torches. Oh, you shouldn't have done it. All right. Well, then here's my, uh, from what I remember reading in the catalog, uh, the, and they gave me a catalog, um, but I was also very inebriated at the time of selecting the items I thought would best defend us on a, a, on a uh, on a, <laughs> on a ter- extraterrestrial world that would hate us. Uh, then I think an RPG number one. We clearly need didn't do that. Okay. We don't know how thick the hide of any alien alien life form could be. Okay. You know, okay. we don't know how thick the hide of it is. That's so why we he... did not make this whole. Well, well, that unfortunately was the first. You know, if we had an RPG at the time this thing was flying at us, I'm sure we would have solved this issue. But unfortunately, hold on, hold on. it all happened. If 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 we didn't even know that they were there, and Cass didn't know that they were there, it stands to reason her crew members didn't know that the weapons were there. Is there anything else on the ship that could make this whole? I mean, I mean, I, I don't. Real intelligence for me. Okay. Intelligence. 51. A success? Success. Yeah, you guys have some tools that could probably puncture this. Rivet rivet weapons and whatnot. Riveters, especially for for heavy construction. I mean, sure, there's there's, there's a couple rivet guns. Nail gun or two, but... Nail gun. I'm going to look around and see if I can see anything like that around. Is everyone in the room? Who's in the the bridge? Uh, It's just them two. They they haven't patched it, right? Yes, yeah. uh, you haven't patched it yet, but I'll let you guys do a spot hidden right now if you want to. Um, Machio and Ch- Chess is kind of whispering to Machio. Uh, nope, I don't what see kind of what, what 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 sort of weapons do you have? If there's any indicator of the plant side planet side life, and listen. that's the conversation low in the headset. I will try uh, and oh yeah, I'll I'll transmit uh, my details of the armory later. But I want to say it's basic. I start open with the RPG. Um, but then there are assault rifles and regular uh, pistols and maybe a shotgun or two. Um, it, what do you mean? What I don't? I haven't gone to a gun range yet. We, we've talked about my odd life. <laughs> this is future stuff, man. Future he's, he's weapons. He's you a got a ray gun. He's a, a, a man and a construction dude. Say a ray gun. What is this? 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that Arrested Development solar uh, sound gun that just hurts them, but you don't see anything blast out. They just freak out in pain. Yeah. Why? You got pain. an LRAD. Yeah, that totally works. That one. Oh, no, no. Six sticks. <laughs> Come on. Good Lord. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I know. Got... You remember from, from Minority Report, the six sticks? Anyhow. I, I still need to watch that. It's in my queue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Amazing. I haven't seen it either. So, all right. So let's see. Um, Cass, did you roll spot hidden? Yes, I got a twenty-five, which is a hard success. Yes, you you will see near where that where that puncture mark is. It's um there this there's some computer panels over there that look like they're kind of frosted over with the mm-hmm. vacuum and whatnot. Um, sitting over there, kind of cr- against the side of the ship, um, is one of those rivet guns that you've seen before. All right. Well, the good news is it doesn't look like uh, Mr. Machio's arsenal had anything to do with this. And I'll push over and, and grab and grab the rivet gun. Uh, um, as you look at the rivet gun, uh, roll Sandy for me. <laughs> Memories. Fuck. Uh, 47 out of 55. Success. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's a standard ribbon gun. It's it's cold to the touch. It looks a little bit um, worse for the wear. Um, the battery is empty, as you have the display on it. Um, it's still got some more some rivets in it, but it's empty right now. Um, okay. Looks familiar, but of course you're familiar with the tools on this ship. So yeah, I'll, I'll pick it up and like turn it over in my hand. Like, there's nothing in here worth riveting. Why would this be here? And Maybe. it's been used. Look, and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll show him the battery. It's been used extensively. Um, or it was used a while ago. And he says, "Is uh, so looking through the, you hear Chess say, um, does the hole in the hull on the bridge match the puncture in the side of your body? Uh, I don't know. I didn't get a good look at it. I did. Let's have a look at those rivets. And I'll, 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 I'll pop the gun open. Um, and like, I, I imagine things float out a little bit, so I'll pull one out. Right. So, um, doctor's opinion is that these wouldn't cause it. Also, it wasn't a through and through. It was right. A, a it was a stab, not a. So it doesn't look like a match. Uh, but it's pretty clear the size of these rivets, size of the hole, and the side of the of the bridge. It's pretty obvious what probably caused that hole. I don't think this made the hole in your side, but it definitely likely made the hole in the hull. So. Um, how, how many times can we say hole in the hull? <laughs> the question then is why? That's an and I think, it ha I think it has to do with you being stabbed, unfortunately. I think I'm going to look, I'm going to look around and see if there's any blood, any trace of any blood in, in, the, in the room. I'm not going to make you roll for that because it, as you look around and your light catches it, it, it reflects the, the little globules. Um, of red liquid, tiny little red spheres floating about, glimmering in the light as your headlights flash through them. You see the little bits of them floating about here and there, like a little constellation inside the bridge. Yeah, I'll turn my head and, and like look around and catch that and say, I think you're right. It is very disconcerting to see your own blood floating around. Actually. We don't know if that's yours. Do I have some way to collect a sample of it? Shouldn't be hard. Um, yeah, I want to collect the sample. A little, a little sample tab. Yeah. The, yeah. Sticks to it. Close it. Yeah. Right. While while he's doing that, I'm just like shake and shake my head, try to shake out of it, and like pull the the repair kit off of my uh, shoulders that that the leftovers that I have from the bigger hole. Do I think I have enough to plug this little hole? That has enough fuel in there as far as patching this up, and it's a simple patch. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, while while he's working with the sample stuff, I'm gonna push over and start doing doing what I do and just like sinking into the work. It probably takes Cass maybe five ten minutes. To, to do while she's doing that, I'm looking around, seeing what if there's any more blood, trying to right. see what's going on. So I won't make Stanley roll. He's got five ten minutes to study the bridge. Um, yeah. There's one thing. I mean, there's a lot of different computers here. But the monitors are for the most part off. There's no reason for them to be running. But there's one that you notice that is a, a monitor that is turned off that has been smashed. One monitor has been smashed multiple times, bashed in. And these um these are tablet systems, they're touchscreen. Um, so with it being smashed, it makes it inoperable. Um, you don't know what it is, but clearly one of these computers has been broken by something or someone. Cass. Uh-huh. What computer is this? Uh, so, so, so as I finish up the, the the patch, I'll I'll push over and have a look at what he's pointing at. 
Yeah. Cass, you, it takes you a little bit because, um, I mean, nothing's turned on. There's no reason to run. You have to really think through what they might be. Like, um, like, like, like run through in my head what the layout would have been. Um, but you get a pretty good feeling that's probably related to navigation. Was, the location makes sense. You can't tell unless it's turned on, but it makes sense. I think, I'm not positive, don't quote me on this, but I think it has something to do with navigation. Are you guys seeing this? A little, yeah. I'm, I'm tuning in. Yeah. It uh, seems to me like somebody didn't want us to continue on our journey. Yeah. That's all the more reason to continue, am I wrong? Yeah, well, I we would need... much prefer to continue on the journey of life in general, yes. I agree. Now, we never heard back from any of the other ships. We just were told that they landed, right? But we have not had any communication with any colony on this world. Have we? Have, have, have we had like direct communication with uh, Arc 1 and 2? And the, and the colonies they would have set up? Well, Arc 1 and 2 travel outside of your solar system to locations more than 10 light years away. And they sent back messages indicating status reports. Uh, but there's no direct communication. Oh, okay. That are decade or more old by the time it reaches Earth. Just, just general status location, you know, updates, send out regular all the systems. And when they, they arrived, uh, a message was generated and relayed back to Earth by light speed. Eventually, the Earth, Earth picked it up, communicated that to everybody, everybody's... Okay, so we there's have... usually a delay in communications, but there's no reason to believe that those signals aren't authentic. There was one ship that did not make it, though, and we cannot account for it yet. Were they, were they headed here, where we were yes. headed? Well, no, they were no. not. No? Different, d- d- different, colonies, go- different colonies, different worlds. Oh. Okay. Got it. But we are screwed. Okay. You're the only ship going to this particular solar system. Got it. Okay, well, regardless, somebody didn't want us to get there, and they're probably still on this ship, and we need to ask them why. Maybe. How do you propose that we find this person? There's no tracking. There's no cameras. Is there a log of which doors have been opened when? On what portion of the ship? Well. Probably, but... I think the first thing to do is get navigation back up and running if we can. Um, would there be replacements for this sort of tablet that I that, that I could uh, wire back in, basically? You've got an electronic shop with spare computer parts that you just repl- take the old panel off, put another one in, and then up, update the system and let the thing do its, its thing. All but- right, I, I should be able to... Go ahead. Does Cass want to uh, take a look at that computer terminal? Yeah, I I, I want to like start start looking at it and send inventorying what supplies I need to get from uh, the electronic shop. So once I pro- finished, uh, Cass has finished the hull repair. Do you want to test that first? Yes. Not really. <laughs> sure. I propose once we're done here, before we do any more explanation exploration, we go to Mister Machio's stash and we appropriately arm ourselves. Now that could cause problems. We could so, miss, and we could blow a hole in the hull. And honestly, even, 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 if, even if we hit, it, it still might puncture it, wouldn't it? I mean, with the, the velocity of that sort of weapon, 
you, you see, still might puncture that even if you hit what you're aiming at. If well, we it depends the, on the size of the being. I'm gonna say, if we hit the, the object, the it will stop uh, its momentum enough, I would think, to not penetrate the hull. Quick question uh, to the DM: <laughs> What is the most like? I forget again. What is the year this is, and what would be the most sophisticated weaponry? Because along with the RPG and the assault rifles and the and the handguns and the um, and the shotguns, I don't know what it would be like in this specific timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're we're like eighty nine years in the future, um, right around the t- turn of the century. Um, and the most sophisticated weaponry is going to be kind of gauze or electric weapons that fire small projectiles and super fast flechette kind of rounds or needle weapons. But electric electric weapons is more likely than gunpowder weapons. Okay. Maybe we got lasers now. We can have- use. Um, some sort, maybe our best weapon isn't a weapon at all, but an extended bolts or soldering tool or welding torch of some kind. Some kind of trap. So you do have a this bolt, bolt firing weapon here that has already punctured the ship's hull one time before. Use it again. Mm. Um, well, and would I would I be able to make a guess about like what sort of stabby things would be on the ship that would have stabbed me? Are there any like knives or anything like that? Hmm. Um, I'll let you go ahead and roll for that with your. Give me an intelligence roll. Sixty on the nose. Success. Okay. Um, Cass is aware isn't aware of any actual knife knives, but there are items you guys could use for crimping and cutting repair maybe some some needle nose pliers or just a, a straight edge or any other improvised might make sense but but just no not a knife knife you're not cutting wood uh, uh you do you would have a actually you would have garden shears you would have a, there's no garden shears that you're aware of but uh, you are aware of a whole bunch of plant life but um there would be those um box cutter type things as well for for cloth and fabric but that didn't cause the injury that, that, that it would be too deep for a box cutter. Yeah. Well, a shovel, a pike, a root of a tree. I mean, I, I would have to ask the good doctor what the wound looked like. I didn't I didn't look at it and I don't know those sorts of things. No, um, I'm I'm not I am well past investigating your wound. I am trying self preservation is is what matters most. No offense. Well, it would help to know what the opponent is armed with. We, we, we don't know who stabbed me or why, or why they didn't go ahead and kill me. Stabbing someone in the side isn't exactly a killing blow. And there was gauze on your wound. Someone tried to heal you. Probably Andy. Anyway. For what purpose? I mean, if you are seeing visions from this weird mechanism, then maybe Andy was also seeing something. Here's... This is not going to make me sound any saner, but sure, we'll roll with it. I'm open. What I'm seeing don't feel like visions, they feel like memories. I don't remember what happened, but I think I was involved in it, and something happened that to make me forget whether I got knocked upside the head or something, I don't know. I don't know what causes amnesia, but I think I was involved in whatever happened and I may be the only survivor of it, but I'm not sure. 
Well, you didn't cause those holes, that's for sure. Not that I know of. Yeah, not that you know of. That's true. Well, which let's open this door this, and test the seal out. What do you What do you think? Sure. Let's Let's test it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll for our ship to see how strong our ship <laughs> it is at, with the Cass's repair work, and I rolled a zero four. Yes. <laughs> Great ship. This is I, I have I have never seen a keeper more upset to roll an awesome arc. <laughs> yeah, the, the the patch is great. You've sealed up the hole, and the uh, the air levels out. You're still in zero g, but there's no issues now. The it fills up with breathable air. Okay. Is there a lot of blood over in that corner? Yeah, most of the blood is is near where the hole was. Probably sucked over there. And now that we're back in zero G, it just kind of floats around little little tiny globules. Hard to measure how much. And and and, and there may have been more, and it got pulled out when we opened the door. Very possible. Right. Okay. So that's one problem solved. Um, I need to replace the the navigation panel. Um, we, we we passed through the electronic shop. That wasn't that wasn't the room where all the vines were in, but I think that was the room that. Um, that chess was in, wasn't it? Yeah, there's another room, a computer repair electronics room. It's part of the habitation ring that was fine. Okay, so I need to uh, retrieve that and fix this. Do we want to do that before we go digging around in the cache of weapons that could make more holes for me to fix? I think passive we arm aggressive, ourselves. passive aggressive. <laughs> I think we arm ourselves with something that doesn't puncture holes in the hull. I, I have I, my scalpel. I would prefer Ooh, I, blunt force weaponry, if if at all possible. Uh, any 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 misfire could kill us, frankly. I am not trained in hand to hand combat, but I promise you, if I get my hands on a gun, I won't pull the trigger until I'm sure. I, what what's your background in armed combat? I've been to a firing range. A firing not proficient range. in it. A firing I, range not, isn't 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 fighting when someone's coming at you. There's a drive. I have much more confidence in that than a scalpel. Worst case scenario, this dear chest of ours, I'm I don't take this personally, gets a close and personal shot with the gun before his uh final send off. I think carrying a firearm, each of us, we don't know what we're dealing with here. As a last resort. Yeah, a firearm, each of us, last resort. I don't disagree with it. I'm sorry. We don't know what we're up against. Where where are they stored? Where are they stored? John knows the crate number only. Shit. (laughs) Let me think. Okay. If I know the crate number, let me think. What uh, what I know location of the yeah uh, I I would as John at least know uh, me John would at least know the location of my stuff. That's how kind of on top of it I like to be. So would I know where that crate is on the location of the ship? A and B would I know what's in that specific crate? Uh, in case there are more crates. So what John knows is that everything that was requested, the inventory that was supposed to be there, was double checked and is in the right box, and each of those boxes placed in a specific storage crate, which was then turned over to the space agency as a sealed container, and they loaded it on this ship. There has to be a cargo hub. 
So it, what, 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 would I be able to get into uh, the system and, and look for where uh, uh, the cargo is and where approximately a, a, a crate with a specific number is located? You can. Okay, so I'm 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 gonna go in into the system and start just like flicking through menus, moving moving really quickly through through these and like scrolling and looking. Right. Cast turns turns one of the tablet computers on, it lights up, initializes, does its thing, um, then flashes of course the warning message about the problems with the ship, uh, kind of reminding you. Yeah. Of the ship. Um, it, it, it's still indicating about the whole breach. Um, maybe it doesn't know, but it still indicates that as a problem and goes through all the rest of the problems are on the screen. Of course. So, um, give me one second here to go over the list. Uh, I don't know. It's still flashing up there at the top of, of your list. Uh, magnetic field generator offline is still listed which, as a problem. Which we, which we know about. Yeah. Hull breach is still listed as a problem. Uh, whether that's true or not, who knows. Uh, it talks about segment corruption in multiple cargo containers. Oh. Then it says navigation offline, problem you're aware of. And the last problem it mentions at the bottom of the list nuclear engine containment breach yeah um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I remember that now and, and and Cass has been focused on other things but so like comes to that last one and their eyes just get about this big before they clamp down on it quickly uh, chess kind of fixates on the cargo has someone been rummaging through the cargo maybe we saw plants out of the out of their place that's for sure oh my god it's and if there's plants out of their place Wait, what? Well, if there's plants out of their place, maybe there are other things that are out exactly. of their place. We haven't, we, we haven't done a very thorough explanation. We've just been going point A to point B to point C. Uh, Which is fine. That's what we've been needing to do. It says, it, says, it says that there's a hull breach. I wonder if there are more than the two that we have found. It's possible. The uh, containment issue is a problem, I think, don't you? The stability of the ship is actually, uh, it, it could be crippling if there's more than one breach on this spaceship. I think that it may be that something came in and and breached the, the hull and possibly damaged the engines, but I think it's also plausible that whoever smashed this console may have done something to the engines, may have gone through into cargo. They could have the weapons, I don't know. It's, it's what? possible that one of the crew members or one of the colonists, I mean, you three weren't supposed to be awake, but here you are, and, and something may have gone wrong with some other colonists' um, tomb, and they, and they woken up I and have, caused havoc. I don't know. I have a proposition. Hmm. There's a lot of problems that needs to be dealt with simultaneously. We're close to our destination. I say we start waking people up, and we attack multiple at one. I don't know how close we actually are. I mean, maybe maybe you know more about that than I do, but we could, st I, I, until- We're until in the we system, we could be out as far as Pluto, which means 10 years still, but that's who, close. Who woke us up? A failsafe is what it feels like. And is the AI, is there, the there, AI there was on? absolutely no failsafe that involved waking the colonists. No, I thought I thought you said uh, Thomas. I thought you said there was one that was like we would only be woken up in the most dire of emergencies. I'll put it this way: um, they didn't tell you that in your orientation. They just told you you sleep the entire journey, yeah. and the crew people would be woken up in a dire emergency, and they'd fix the problem. And yeah. an error woke us up, and the freezing temperature, 
and other. I think we should check the AI as well. Okay. All of these, and I'm looking, all of the navigation computers are offline, right? And it's supposed to be flown by the AI? Well, every, every of the screens are off. In this room, there's, there's no reason to run them with no people here to look at them. Right. But, um, but as you notice, Cass can, it, they can be turned on and accessed. Cass, yours is still on. And you can, as you get past that menu, you can, of course, get past the warning menu and get to your query. What's the question you want to ask it? Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the, the, the crate number that John tells me. Well, has John told you a number yet? Well, uh, one, eight, two, four. Okay. <laughs> Wearing that, um, Cass Vega noticed that the inventory indicates it's stored um, in the back collection. There's a whole, there's a ring. The diagram shows you back near the engines where those would be. There's several circles of storage crates that are kind of all holed up in the back of the ship. Um, the, the heavy equipment crates mostly um, is where those were stored. And then that indicates where that would be on the ship diagram. Okay. Um, is that the same uh, cargo cluster that indicates a, a, an issue? When you query that and click that particular problem, it focuses on the third colony ring and lights indicate um, about three quarters of that ring flashing red. And I'm gonna like stand back with my hand up like, what in the name of the universe is going on? What, what does that red mean? Uh, nothing good. What, 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 what does it like? So, so you said that there were specific lights for like the atmosphere and everything. What kind of a, a alarm pattern is this? As far as you can tell, it's a problem. It's a attention, tension, caution, warning. There's a, there's a problem with about three quarters of, a, of that ring. Are there any tombs there? There's a lot of tombs there. Yeah, and a lot of people in them. Can we take a look at the AI and see if they've woken anybody else up? I mean, there must have been a command issued to wake us up. Can we search for that command? See what happened? Sure. And I'll and I'll start like digging through the 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 menus. This isn't something I would have normally looked. I don't think it's something I would I would have normally looked for, but I know how to look in systems. Give me a sysop roll. Sysop. Oh, good. I did put I did put stuff in this. Uh, 21, which is a hard success. Okay. It doesn't take cast too long to get into there to the, uh, to the, the query of the history and, and the uh, waking up. Um, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's a report generated, clicks on it, the AI brings it up. It indicates essentially emergency protocol um, selection of pod 272. And there's a little green field next to it indicating presence of crew member in pod 272. Is there a previous waking before pod uh, 272? Going through the history, there is a previous waking. It's about 48 hours prior. It says as general uh, uh, emergency procedure indicating four pods that were indicated, one of which was 272. I'm, I'm gonna like hover over that. Two days ago. Two days ago was when the rest of the crew and I were woken up. Well, that's something. That's something. Um, but the other pods aren't awake? They haven't opened up any others? No. The most recent one was us. Okay. And I don't think we should wake that in case there's a hull breach or something going on in there to uh, depressurize that ring. It'd kill them instantly. More people could just complicate the situation as well. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, is there any kind of, uh, while I'm in the system, is there any kind of timeline, or like, like, like any timestamps on, on a damage report? To indicate maybe a chain of events of of what went down when and and uh, what actions were taken. And tracing through uh, the initial damage report was hull breach and magnetic field generator with the first damage system, mm -hmm. basically. And then after that, the other ones. Let's see. Um, after that would be a navigation would be the next error in the list as far as the timeline goes. Um, then after that would be um, there's a whole lot of logs for the corruption with the, the pods. Let me get the actual phrasing to that, which is segment corruption in the pods in the colony ring. There's a, there's a lot of those reports, mm -hmm. stacking reports of a lot of different incidents within the pods, not just one incident. It looks like there's maybe 20, 30 incidents all kind of stacked together there over a period of time. What, um, what, kind, of, what kind of incidents are there? Are they? Segment corruption. Is what the error report says. It's an unclear what the problem. What, is, what what does segment corruption mean to me? Looking at it as as someone who's been trained in this. Uh, uh, deactivation is your best guess. Deactivation, or like breach or deactivation of the those the systems within the those um, those pods. Okay. Now the latest, the last error report is the engine, the nuclear engine containment is the very final of the errors. Uh, somewhere in there buried is the life support problems kind of buried in the midst of all that. So looking at all of this data, could I like trace out, trace out a path of what happened? Like there was the whole breach up in the front with, uh, with, with, with the magnetic, it, the, the magnetic generator shut down. Something happened in here with, with, with navigation. The navigation panel got smashed in uh, something happened in the pods, something happened in the cargo, and then something happened in the engine. It's like a progression going back, basically. Yes, that, that follows. Okay, so I'm going to pass that along to to the other three, and say there's a, there's a you, you you said you said there was no way to trail this, but there's a trail through the ship with with the with the damage logs, and I'll explain to them what I saw. I'm suddenly very concerned about the segment corruption. We Don't should Wait, has the armory been in uh, impeded along its journey? Uh, I don't know. I know approximately where your your armory should be, but I, uh, I, I have something just to posit to the rest of you. We found an arm with plants growing out of it, <laughs> plants that move growing out of it. Um, it could be likely, it could be a scenario where there may be plants growing out of bodies in pods. Wait, you guys never addressed that information. This is just me, Aaron. Uh, you guys never addressed that information prior to this? Wait, that which we saw plant That we saw uh, roots growing out of an arm? No, we, we did. We talked about it at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and, I, I, and 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 I and I I blurted out with you know it belonged to my boss the 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 lead of 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 my crew. All right. Well, as John, I will act not surprised. 
<laughs> Fair enough. I'm just saying I don't know if that's the case, but it could be. It could be. But we won't know unless we go and look. What's the next step, Cast? I think that we need to get the navigation logs. And in order to get that, I need to fix navigation. So I, I would like to solve that problem before we go and deal with the pods, because that is, that is a quick fix. That's a plug and play. So this cast going to um, unplug it first, and then go get the spare parts, or get the spare parts first, then come back and fix it? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll unplug it so that I know exactly what parts I need to, to go and get. Okay. Now give me a sanity roll. Why, when am I going to learn to not answer those questions? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 95. Oof. So, not okay. a fumble, but damn so, close. Uh, you're, 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 it's, it's a standard procedure where you grab the terminal, you find, the, you unhook it, you uh, disconnect the power source and whatnot. And as, you, as you're just glancing at this terminal, the impact it it looks like fists mate it's fists it's punching it's it's got it it's fists you're absolutely certain there's fists and you can see someone punching it you can see the the motion of mother your mom banging both fists down on this terminal and you can hear someone yelling stop 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 as mother is smashing it uh, mother turns to look um, you can see mother's face, and as you remember seeing mother's face, and something's wrong with her eye, her eyes. It's a crazy look in her eyes, and you hear the the, the sound uh, of the rivet gun, and you see mother's arm detach, and you lose three sanity. Hey. <laughs> Let's see how we're doing. It's nine forty-five. I think. What do you guys think is a, this? Seems like a good moment. To wrap for the evening, we yeah. keep ending it. We keep ending on Cass's trauma. Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> so we are in our story here, and sadly, we have not concluded with this one shot. Um, sadly, come on. Yeah, right. And this this is great. I'm not done with John Ralphio Macchio. I'm, I'm having way too much fun as my little envy bean. We are not done with any of these four characters uh, as they are digging deeper and deeper into the story, uh, the mystery behind Arc 105. Um, my name is Thomas. I've been your keeper. These great fellows are the Chaos Agents, playing four characters specifically for this Call of Cthulhu scenario in space. We'll be back next week. They'll be back next week. I probably will be. We will see how that goes. Um, um, if, if anything else we need to talk about? Any other announcements other than our schedule? I think that's everything. Okay. So for scheduling purposes, on Saturday on this channel, 6 p.m., we do a Call of Cthulhu game. Uh, which is running the Masks of Nair Lothotep storyline. Ezra's the keeper for that. Our characters are, are deep in the middle of lots of trouble and making very little headway, but it's a fun, crazy group, a fun time. That's Saturday. Uh, on Monday, Aaron from this show is running a game of Rick and Morty versus D&D. Uh, it'll be their fifth session, I think. And, uh, and, yeah. and, make her, and, and make her willing, the final one. Part four <laughs> of 50 is what I... <laughs> no! There's going to be gotcha. music. There's going to be dance, dancing. There's going to be a whole scene. Uh, who knows? It's going to be great. So Monday, 7 p.m. will be Rick and Morty versus D&D. And then a week from today, uh, back at our usual time of 7 p.m., there'll be this show, The Chaos Agents. And we, we may finish this story, uh, God willing. 
Or Thomas may return from wherever he's hiding and decide to do that, the dramatic fight that we have on We board. are in the middle of a fight <laughs> on our d and <laughs> Yeah, and, and I still have, have the, the, the inspiration that we're carrying over from that because it was specifically such a climactic battle that we got to carry over all the inspiration from that. Sure what better time to blue ball people? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, Ruckus has waited this long. Yeah, another week. Another He's patient. Week. So that that's it. Thank you for all joining us. It's been uh, we we I love doing this. This is a great great cast. I love playing with these guys. We're telling a fun story. I've enjoyed this tremendously. Uh, being Thomas for the evening, um, and I uh, hope hope I will see you next week. But I'm sure they will as well. So uh, take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this special episode of Chaos Agents. If you want to catch up on our D&D or Call of Cthulhu campaigns, check us out at youtube.com slash questschaos. And if you'd like to support us directly, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash questsandchaos. This podcast is supported by our Patreons. And we would like to give them a heartfelt thanks. Starting Duke Vlieg and he who shall not be named. Our inspiration middle management is a force to be reckoned with. Featuring Lady Bedivere, Ben Slislowski, Anonymous Dragon, Cheesecake Fries, Slyly Tove, Jen W., Paul, and Seth Jones. Our inspired patrons include Adam, Andreas, Jeremy, Jay Matthews, Reoccurring Dream, Cody, Lee, Megan Krantz, Red Dead, Coquat, Robbie Nowell, The Baroness, and The Apollyon. And a big thank you to all of the guild members out there. It truly means a lot to us that you have joined our Patreon. Not everyone has the means to support us financially, and that is okay. If you could, please share our content with anyone who might enjoy it. Until next time, keep the chaos alive. Is that a tagline?